You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this week we're just going to do an episode where we hang out, talk about stuff we've seen lately, who knows what else. Uh, And I'm happy to be joined by one of my favorite people to hang out and talk movies with. He's the host of the Cobwebs Podcast and Cobwebs YouTube channel. Uh, It's Daniel Epler. Daniel, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good. I have nothing witty to say because this is just a chill hangout episode. No pressure. <laughs> I know. No no puns you made about a movie we're talking about because no puns this time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no quotes from a movie because who knows? Who knows what we're talking about? No so. lying about where I'm recording from or what I'm wearing. <laughs> I forgot that was a usual gag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. We just finished the Indiana Jones series. Uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, um, it was a, it was, it did very well. People seem to like it, but I'm ready and happy to move on to other things because it's all been Indiana Jones for the past like month and a half. I actually, started recording those in like end of May with you and James. So it feels like it's been right. a long time. So yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to move on. I thank everyone again for listening to all those because they did very well. People really enjoyed them. I could tell. But uh, yeah, this is a good way to transition back into like I think normal random film feast episode so um but yeah thank you for hanging out i was i just asked you on a whim i was like do you want to hang out you're like absolutely so i always appreciate it yeah absolutely i mean i didn't have to prepare anything all i gotta do is hop on a zoom call and just talk about what i'm watching anyway so uh absolutely anytime man that's the best i was like no no research or prep work great um so yeah i mean i i've been watching a ton of stuff lately which has been nice and i haven't had any other podcasts to really prep for so it's been just random and whatever I want, which is very free. It's like, it's very nice just to watch whatever. Um, so I guess I, you're the guest. I will let you go first. What's the first thing you want to talk about that you've seen lately? So there's this movie that came out in 2018. So five years ago. And for the past five years, I've been meaning to watch it. I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to check it out. And I just never did. And now I thought, well, I'm going on to a podcast to talk about it with, to talk with Matt and Matt, hates this movie oh, oh so no maybe I now is. is the time so i watched summer of 84 uh-huh uh from 2018 which is you know a stranger things kind of a riff where it's 80s kids in the 80s and uh and it's a fright night kind of riff where he's convinced his na- next door neighbor is not a vampire but is a serial killer because there's a serial killer in town killing off young boys i believe boys exclusively um and I thought it was pretty good. Like, I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was solid. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, Period recreation was pretty solid. Um, I think, I don't know if I would watch it again, because I think if I'm in the mood for an 80s movie, I'm just going to watch an 80s movie and not, you know, a 2018 80s movie. 
but I was totally fine with it. So I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> why did you give this? I think one star on Letterboxd. one star. Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. I saw you watch this. And I was like, oh my God, Dan's going to bring this up. And I got it. <laughs> I don't, we just talked before we started about being, I don't want to be too negative toward a movie, but okay. So, <laughs> well, and like most people are positive on this. So like, oh, I know that's give a little negativity. The, that's, you know, that's the, the weirder thing. It. I really feel like this is one of those times that I'm like way out of the, what's the word like i'm just not with the normal consensus on this movie like i i someone asked me i think on that my letterbox review they were like so don't recommend it i said i said i don't even take my word for it because like everyone else seems to like it um i, I think i had such a visceral reaction to that movie like i was so angry <laughs> like that i that i wrote this very angry negative one-star review because i was so pissed which i guess is what they wanted <laughs> like um because it's the people that did Cur turbo kid which oh, that's right. Blew my yeah. mind because those movies seem so different. Um, they do. They're both very like stylish, well directed. I, I remember putting like Summer '84. Like looks good. It's well made. Like no problems there. But I think I was already bothered by so many little things in that movie. Like it may have been like Stranger Things fatigue because I remember watching Summer '84 and I feel like 2018 might have been the peak of like kids in the 80s kids on bikes like you know that thing and like it was 2017 so oh, yeah okay. right around yeah. that time so I, I watched number 84 and i'm like oh my god this is pouring it on so thick like with it's the 80s like <laughs> it's like or I, what is my i probably say my review it was like here's dropping these references like non-stop like ewoks ghostbusters like, it's just like, i don't know it's just like it's like we got it it's the 80s and i thought the kids were like just real stereotype like the fat kid, the nerd, the punk rebel kid, the leader. Like, I thought they were very thin characters. And I just thought there's no reason these kids would hang out. <laughs> and the ending, which I mean, okay, I give them, I won't spoil it, obviously. But where they take it, uh, well, you think the movie's basically over. And then they add another, I don't know, 15 minutes. I can't remember how much it was. Like, this little twist kind of almost at the end. This little extra button. And that that made me so enraged. <laughs> interesting I was, I was just so upset well you know i'm a hound oh. for justice so well for me like i i'm watching i'm thinking yeah this is probably a three-star movie and then the end that ending hits and i was like ooh, three and a half that is a good ending i i admired the guts of it i thought it was a bold cool move i really it's liked very it. bold i will give them credit for doing something different i will give them credit i didn't I, that's what i'll say i give them credit for doing different but i didn't like what they did i think because i was okay. so it's funny because i didn't like I say I didn't like the characters and then something happens when you think I'd be like, oh, good. But but then, but then, I don't know. I just remember having like a really just hard like reaction to that movie where I was just like, mm -mm, no, no, no. Like it did not sit right. Um, it seemed just I don't know. It just seemed cruel. Like and it's funny because Turbo Kid is like the opposite. I feel like it's so like fun and positive. And then they make this movie and it's like so downbeat. And I don't know. I just boy i did not like it i uh yeah I, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it it just really i remember it really upset me i get so that doesn't happen that much but i was so like just just so angry when it was over i was like wow so i watched it i didn't like it and then i felt like they just like kicked me in the nuts at the end. <laughs> they were like oh you're already having a bad time well here you go <laughs> like so um yeah i don't know i'm i know i'm in the minority on this i know i am in the minority on this but i just did not did not like that movie. <laughs> it's so interesting because like I'm not necessarily on the total opposite spectrum of you because like I don't love it. I, I liked it, mm -hmm. but I completely disagree with like every single thing that you said. It's so weird because like 
regarding the the overweight child the friend um i was kind of watching for like really cruel fat jokes because that's the goonies that's the monster squad they're they're pretty bad about that and i don't remember any like i didn't notice i just noticed like he was just kind of this nice kid and he had this sweet relationship with his mom and like i don't remember his weight ever even being mentioned so i was like oh that's kind of interesting um and then like i thought the ending was really cool because like i think one thing that you know, I, I'm not I'm trying not to compare it too much to Fright Night because Fright Night is my favorite movie. But one thing that Fright Night has going for it is through the whole movie, you get awesome vampire Jerry Dandridge. And through this whole movie, you just kind of get his dorky neighbor. who You don't even really know if he's a killer. But then like by the, that ending scene, I was like, oh, man, he's like given this performance his all like he's really good as this killer in this scene, which is kind of a spoiler. But I think everybody knows what kind of movie this is like. Yeah, there's like serial killer in this movie. Um <laughs> And uh, oh, and the 80s references, I didn't think they did lay it on that thick because like there's one 80s song on the soundtrack that I remember, Cruel Summer. It's the only one I remember. I don't remember them talking about pop culture that much. There's this, there's a the scene where they're arguing about Ewoks, but it's 84 <laughs> and Return of the Jedi came out in 83. So like, I feel like it's appropriate. The kids would be talking about Star Wars. I don't remember a Ghostbusters reference. It might be I, in there. That, I just pulled it off the top of my head. I don't know if that was true or not. It was saying okay. like <laughs> things around that time. But the that, and maybe maybe I was so in the thick of all this other 80s kid nostalgia wave that i was sick of it at that point who knows what i you know my i my mindset that day i was watching it you know i feel like i was in a bad mood or something but um it was like everything was just rubbing me the wrong way and so i, I think there i think there is something to like those references i i don't want to watch it again but if i did no, you're fine. I, you don't need I think, to i think i i think i would not be as harsh on it because i think i just it just hit at a certain point where i was like so tired of the 80s kid tropes that i just this movie came out and I was like, another one. I remember thinking like it's that probably has something to do with it. If I had seen it, you know, maybe now far removed, I think that stuff's kind of died down a little bit. Um, maybe I'd like it more. I don't know. But I just it, it just did not sit right with me. And I don't know. I don't know what it was. I remember thinking the four boys I'm like these guys wouldn't be friends. I just they didn't set. I felt like they didn't establish a friendship. I was like, this is just you're having like these archetypes. You've seen other kids movies and you put them in your movie. And like, I just thought they, I don't know. And this is my memory from five years ago. So I don't, sure. I don't know what I'm remembering correctly or what I'm not remembering. But like, I just remember like everything just not sitting well, basically. Yeah. And we don't need to debate. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh gosh, I lost. Oh yeah. I just want to say for the record, I am against the idea that you need to rewatch every movie you don't like. I feel like this is <laughs> permeated all of film culture. Every oh, time yeah, somebody yeah, talks yeah. about a movie that someone else doesn't like, they're like, well, okay, I'll rewatch it. You don't need to. If you don't like a movie, it's fine. <laughs> because sometimes I've rewatched a movie yeah. and liked it more the second time. I would say most of the time I don't. And I'm like, this was kind of a waste of time. I knew how I felt about this. So you you don't need to. Okay. Well, yeah, it just, man, that ending just, I mean, I it just, it's like, why would everyone watch that again? Because it's just so so mean-spirited i think i get that it's different than what you would expect which is interesting but it's just like one of the just such a i don't know i just really didn't like it um i don't know <laughs> i will say to me i think most people disagree with this it felt more like a real movie than turbo kid because i really liked turbo kid the first time i saw it I think I saw it a couple of times since, and I think that was a mistake because the last time oh, I watched no. <laughs> it, I had like seen a lot more 80s movies by that point. And I just felt like this is only, this is just references. That's all Turbo Kid is. It's just a collection of references of 80s movies. Um, even like the song from Turbo Kid that I love, Thunder in Your Heart, 
I recently oh, watched yeah. Rad and I'm like, oh, that's oh, yeah. just from Rad. <laughs> like I didn't even, I, it's not even from Turbo Kid. I didn't even realize that. So, but Summer of 84 is, I think it's much more like a real movie and Turbo Kid is only references. Hot take maybe. <laughs> I feel like I love the characters in Turbo Kid though. The two main characters so much that I'm like on board for, I mean, you're, it's a lot of references. You're right. But there's something about the spirit of Turbo Kid where I'm like, this is so joyful. Like, this is so like, you know, I don't know. And it's still got crazy violence. <laughs> just ridiculous. It's, I don't know. I, but yeah. And Summer 84, not badly made at all. I would never say that. Cause I remember thinking like, yeah, they did a really good job. It's very stylish. It looks good. I think I like the score even, but it's like, yeah, i I wish I go back what was happening in my head or my life at that time when I watched Summer 84 because even I read the review and I was like, man, I hated this. I'm like, that's not usually my reaction to something like it really something just did not sit right. <laughs> so yeah. who knows? But um, again, yeah, you liked a lot of people like it. So I that, that's fine. Don't want you to listen to me on that one because I think I'm <laughs> just I'm the weirdo on Summer 84. <laughs> I think most people have seen it anyway. I think I was like one of the last people. Oh, it is pretty popular. It was like it got a lot of buzz when it came out. And yeah, it got a, a new Blu-ray recently, I think, through one of the partner labels of Vinegar Syndrome. That's so. right. It did. Yeah, it so. was in the sale. And I like thought about getting it, but it was on streaming. I was like, well, I'll watch it first. And I'm glad I didn't get it. I don't think I need it, especially not in 4K, because I'm sure it's shot super digitally. And oh, I don't yeah. think 4K would do much for I it. I thought it was a 4K. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> moving on from Summer 84. I'm glad you liked it, but I... uh but yeah, I um I guess we'll go back and forth too, I guess, like because Yeah, that sounds good. This the whole episode. So we'll just I don't need a monologue. <laughs> You're allowed to if you want to. Uh no. <laughs> so <laughs> well let's talk about Indiana Jones and uh never mind. Oh god. Never mind. <laughs> What's the next one gonna be? Uh no, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the nursing home of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just Baba Hotep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Him and Marion, like, having an adventure in a nursing home. Uh, at least they're oh, together. No. That'd be nice. Um, but <laughs> so, okay, I'll start with something newer that I don't think I got to bring up. Because like, we didn't do a lot of what have you seen lately on the Indiana Jones ones because we had so many people. Uh, right. So, um, a movie I loved, and I may be overrating this because I I don't know how good a movie it is, but I had such a good time watching it. And so we don't get very much of, which is an R-rated raunchy comedy. No Hard oh, yeah. Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. I loved it. I absolutely, I was like, I'm having the best time in this movie. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is amazing in this movie. She's great. Like, I was like, yes, give her, give her all the awards for this. And I was like, take away the Oscar for whatever she wanted for. Give it to her for this. Um, if she, because <laughs> she won an Oscar for something, right? I'm not remembering this wrong. Silver Lions Playbook. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I was like, what did she win for? Um, this movie is, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's very, it is very like a, r-rated brunchy comedy but it's still sweet it still works on that level too and it doesn't feel like i didn't feel like it was um so we're kind of like pandering or like being too saccharine sweet it was just like it earned it um and yeah i mean again i know everyone's talking about it all the time it's non-stop it's like we don't get r-rated comedies in theaters anymore it's like no we don't because like comedies go to streamers i guess you know i don't know why but they just they they don't get we don't get as many of these especially led by like a-list type talent Jennifer Lawrence and she's like all in I feel like in this movie like um she's and it's funny because the premise I feel like people were like oh this sounds so scandalous and it's not really I don't think it's played like <laughs> like it might seem in uh you know in the movie like it's played differently um the kid is great his name's Andrew Barth Feldman I've never seen him in anything I'm not sure if he acted before um they're great together um 
yeah, it's hard to talk. I mean, it's a comedy, so it's like it's just funny. What do I describe? But um, but yeah. So <laughs> did I just see? Hold on, Chris entered the waiting room. Chris Utado, can you see this? No, I don't see anything. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hack did just, in. Did, how did he get in? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you for coming on to another episode of Inside the Sequel, the podcast where we talk about. Uh, sequel movies don't get enough love or attention. Today we are talking about uh, Blade Tr- Trinity. <laughs> oh no! In the podcast, <laughs> Chris, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, How'd you get in? I I literally saw Matt Bledsoe and you were like active on um, Zoom, so I just figured, let me just invite myself. He's even better than Uber Angel. What a <laughs> hacker! <laughs> I picked this trick up from uh, what's his name. Um, uh, the flick pick. I think he did this a couple times on Chris Stuckman's early videos when Stuckman <laughs> didn't want to be associated. Oh, I don't even know where you see people online on Zoom. I'm so <laughs> inefficient using Zoom. Now everyone's going to disguise their um, <laughs> their like presence on Zoom, just like on Letterbox, because they know I look at them. <laughs> I didn't Matt, really think again. Really Matt think Matt would buy that story. Uh, oh no, I. Matt, but I log I in and you're say, dressed like, as Blade Daniel again. played that Why very that? well. Wait, did you send him the invite? <laughs> no. Yes. I swear, there's always a motherfucker trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> I'm uh, just trying to talk about Jennifer Lawrence and No Hard Feelings, and I see Chris Hurtado's uh, in the waiting room, and I'm like, what? <laughs> in the waiting room? Like, just in the waiting room, to talk about Jay, Jennifer Lawrence? You could have fooled me, because I don't know anything about Zoom besides setting up a meeting. So you, I've been like, yeah, sure, you saw us online and jumped in. <laughs> I didn't People feel like were... Chris should take all of the blame. Oh, okay. I <laughs> this is fine. I haven't talked to Chris in so long. This is the first time someone's like legitimately kind of just like jumped into the podcast and surprised all of us. <laughs> I brought James on once, but I knew that was uh well, I guess you're not surprised, Daniel, but <laughs> I brought James in and surprised everybody. But I am I am shocked right now. I have to recover. Oh, yeah. I got Ken Walker on the queue right now, too. Should I just invite him too? I convinced him that we're talking about Raging Bull. And he was like, oh, there's a boxing movie? I'm there. Yeah. So get ready for that. (laughs) That would be an epic return for Ken Walker to come back. It would. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should just do Rocky Four then with him. You know, just a good redemption story. (laughs) Just get him back. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I had to tell somebody recently, like, Ken and I are still friends. He just sends you the podcast. So (laughs) I like to tell the internet that. I know. It's a lot of work. And I was like, Ken, it's not that hard. It's just a podcast. Um, So. I don't even know. I'm all thrown off now. Uh, how are you, Chris? What are you doing? <laughs> He's like, should we just like stop this episode? <laughs> uh, I'm good, talk- man. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. I, I feel so honored um, to talk about Jennifer Lawrence and uh, just the significance of contemporary works from uh, from actresses in the 2020 uh, decade. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I think episode. the last time Matt and I talked, I was like complaining about Vinegar Syndrome sale and being like, how come they're their adult films don't put like more contemporary works from like, you know, this past decade or so you're like, then, well, like, gosh, I wonder why <laughs> <laughs> like then, like you're going to get a good audience in there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, man, this is crazy. I'm going to see both you guys in October in Chicago. I know. I thought that's why I thought this might be a good idea. <laughs> a little primer. Because <laughs> <laughs> Matt is, a... is going to crash Chris's pad in October. Chris is crashing Matt's pad now. Oh, there you go. Well, I, I, I booked a hotel always... already, so I'm... oh, <laughs> well, yeah, not literally. Okay, no, I was like, we didn't talk about it, but I was like, I didn't think Chris had room for me to crash his bed, so uh, I could sleep under a desk. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I've always known Matt's pad to be a bunch of records on display and then one window with blinds down all the time. And that's I figured that's how Matt lives. That's true. That's what we get to see. <laughs> I don't give you much. I keep it very, very private in my, my pad. <laughs> Matt's one of the few that's legitimately concerned someone's going to come and take his Blu-rays and all his stuff. Oh, I, I am mean, too. I got a slider door out to my backyard right over here. Yeah. You never know, man. Uh, you never know. That's true. Uh, Matt, how you been, man? I'm good. I've been good. Uh, just, you know. Now tell me everything you were going to talk about with uh, with Daniel. Now. He's talking about no hard feelings. Have you seen that? The new Jennifer Lawrence comedy, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but I heard it probably did better than um, The Flash. So that's good. <laughs> Everything might... is done better than The Flash. When it's all said and done, it might do better than The Flash. It, it won't lose <laughs> as much money as The Flash. That's for sure. Um yeah, it's been but, an interesting year where like the the for sure money makers are all bombing and then you've got some like little engines that could that are actually making money. It's very interesting. I think the lesson they're going to learn from this year is don't spend $300 million on every single movie you make. Like, Thank God. It's Thank too God. Much. It's it's insane. It's uh, yeah, so you can't recoup all that. It's just crazy. Monies uh, are just coming on too strong. You know, you ever go on a date with someone and they just keep buying you gifts and showering you with stuff? And you feel the pressure to like them. That's what these big budget movies feel for me. Like they feel like I'm obligated to see it and like give them their return, you know? Because <laughs> they spent so much money making yeah. it. They're like, I gotta go. They spent no, you gotta go Bob Iger needs uh needs some help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. We didn't even talk about the strike yet. I was gonna bring that up at some point about oh, yeah. single-handedly funneling his salary and he's still pissed. <laughs> Chris and I talk about that stuff like all the time. Yeah, I just I was um, gonna tell people it was like you talk about old movies all the time. Great time to check out old movies if the actors and writers are both on strike. So uh, I know definitely. I must be thinking I must be like one of the only like movie YouTubers who's like not worried about lack of content to talk right. about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're probably all gonna start doing what you do and go back and look at older stuff. We're like, oh, I'll do my to. Chris Tuckman retro review on uh Daredevil from 03 or something. I used to get annoyed <laughs> when he would do that stuff, like just do a like a retro review of like uh-huh. an obvious title, but you know, in hindsight now, I'm really happy he stuck through with doing those things because, you know, you watch a movie that, you know, has been out for such a long time, but you've never checked it out, you know, and you need like some convincing on YouTube. They're like eight year old, 10 year old reviews. And you're like, oh, how does this movie hold up now? I mean, reviews <laughs> like he's doing. It's like, oh, so it still holds up. Perfect. I'm going to pop it in. Right. I mean, we need we need more of that. <laughs> I'm one of those people where I truly don't care how much a movie holds up. Like to me, like the more dated it is, the more I want to watch it. Mm. (laughs) I like things that are dated. It's weird. I don't know. I feel like I get a little thrown off when like a movie from like the the Silver Age, like the 40s and like the 50s is like uh, like over 90 minutes long. And I'm like, wow, okay, like what are they doing in here? That's making it so long. No, actually, me too. For real. That's why I I do the research on Letterbox. I just look at all the reviews without the spoilers just to see like, oh, that sounds good. Okay, that seems worth it. All right, let me check it out. (laughs) So about no hard feelings. I haven't seen it, but I love. I love the story of how it came about where Jennifer Lawrence's managing team, they only wanted to put her in like Oscar drama stuff. And she's just like, screw that. I don't want to do that. And she fired them all, got new managers. (laughs) And she's like, I want to do raunchy comedies. So she did this. And that is so smart because I keep harping about this, that I'm sick of all like the best talent in Hollywood only doing like three hour historical dramas. And that's like all they do. Because they will not be remembered for that stuff. Like people (laughs) remember and go back to again and again, genre movies. They're like comedies, horror movies, action movies. um, And just like, man, there's, there are not enough people in Hollywood that are interested in that. And Jennifer Lawrence is smart because people are going to rewatch no hard feelings 
more than American Hustle. I guarantee you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. A movie I still have not seen, American Hustle. But I look at like the runtime, and I'm like David O. Russell, and I'm like, Ew, I don't think I want to watch this movie. Yeah, I the, saw it in theaters. I was really excited for it, and it it wasn't great. I want to yeah. see No Hard Feelings. I obviously just don't get get out to the theater as much anymore. But when it comes home, for sure, I'll watch it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. those movies, uh, like the David O. Russell films and stuff like that, it just felt like pre-MCU, like how many big names we can fit into a drama film to bring people into the theater. Yeah, and, don't look up. Yeah. Another like, Jennifer oh, Lawrence God. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like The Expendables was coming out then and like these action movies fitting on like every aged 80s action star, you know? I feel like maybe that's where most of the budget of those movies went was to paying the salaries of the actors, right? Oh, for sure. And then you get movies like New Year's Eve and like Valentine's Day, you know, and again, <laughs> so many A-listers in those movies playing, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go A-listers for Valentine's Day. I saw <laughs> Wait, Valentine's Robert Day De Niro's in Valentine's Day. Day. Is he not an Is A-lister? He? Yeah. Okay. He's an Is A-lister, he? but like that movie has Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher Taylor yeah. Swift, <laughs> Taylor Lautner. Um, there was one person in it that I really liked what they were doing. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, it's a lot of. Not recognizable names. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we I talking mean, about Valentine's Day right now? <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Do you want to kick him out? I'm okay with it if you want to kick him out. No, no, I can't kick I can't kick him out. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> he kicks me out. <laughs> I can't kick him out. Go oh no, work. his internet died. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no, David O. Russell Slater coming up. My computer is on fire. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Overheated. Um I mean, Chris, do you want to join in here and talk about stuff you've seen that you want to talk about? Like lately you want to talk about or Bro, I've been seeing the freaking blockbuster movies in theaters. <laughs> uh, I saw Flash in France. That was interesting. It'd probably be the only re- way to see that movie. Um, <laughs> At least you didn't contribute to the domestic box office. <laughs> there you go, right? I didn't um, know. Wait, did I, did I miss you going to France? When I did... left the country for legal reasons. He goes to Europe like all the time. I have no what? idea how he affords it. <laughs> He's constantly like, oh, yeah, I'm about to hop a plane to England or France. And I'm like, Man what? Man mystery over how? here. Just stopping it. Yeah. Why do you think the podcast and channel are just slow? You know, I'm just traveling, doing my own thing. Oh. He's actually like growing as a person, unlike us. I'm trying to discover myself, you know. <laughs> I'm doing an eat, pray, love kind of thing in my late 20s right now. God. I've never seen that movie. I haven't either. Just love that uh, we've mentioned Eat, Pray, Love, and Valentine's Day in the past five minutes. <laughs> like he's the movies we're talking about. Uh, um, I saw I, 65 million recently too. Oh my god. Talk about a movie I was so disappointed with seeing. I saw like oh, six Adam movies Driver in an movie. airplane. Yeah, that movie I was so excited for because I was like, oh, Adam Driver getting to do something different and interesting. Yeah. And um yeah, I felt I felt so bad for him because I feel like the people, the the writers were and people were trying to convince him like, oh, it's going to be this movie and it's going to be about these deep, meaningful things because you can see hints of it in the movie. But then once he said, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sign on and do it, guys. And then they completely flip the script on when he steps on foot and just say, OK, here's the movie now. And now he's like, oh, shit, like this movie is going to be because he's <laughs> the only one like... that's really like doing a different type of movie than what mm-hmm. we're getting. Yeah, because I was excited because I heard, oh, a 90 minute like sci-fi and maybe horror movie with Adam Driver hunting dinosaurs. I'm, I'm on board. I, you know, it's funny. I started watching last on Netflix. I got halfway through because I was 45 minutes into this 90 minute movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll finish that tomorrow. Cause it was, kind of, <laughs> it was kind of dull. It was like, which I heard people say it was like, it's, you think it'd be more exciting for a movie where Adam Driver is on a, with dinosaurs and, you know, no, it's not very exciting so far, but I mean, I'll finish it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, that yeah. was a huge disappointment. <laughs> and I remember th- 
debating, like not even debating. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see that in theaters. And then like stuff came up. So I didn't get to, I kept pushing it back and then yeah. it left theaters. And that was such a disappointment. Um, other movies I saw, I saw a man called Otto with Tom Hanks, a movie oh. I thought I was going to hate just because of the posters and everything. But honestly, an, a really like exceptional film. Like it was really well made. I think it's like what Hallmark movies think they're doing, but they're not at all. You know, it's just really heartwarming. <laughs> it's got mm -hmm. good acting in it. It looks good. Um, yeah. It's I, surprisingly I really dark too. It's not mm -hmm. just schmaltzy. Like it's dealing with some, some really serious things. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. liked it. Oh, and... you saw it. Sweet. Yeah, I saw it because Stephanie, my wife, for listeners who don't know, um, read the book and loved the book. So we went to see it. It was one of the last movies we saw before the baby was born in theaters. And uh, I really liked it. She loved it. She just recently rewatched it on Netflix. She said to me the other day, like, I think that's one of my new favorite movies. I want to want to watch it again already. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really sweet. Tom Hanks is great in it. That is the kind of role that a man of Tom Hanks's age should be doing. And, and you know, well, Harrison Ford is he's in shrinking. He's basically doing that same role. And he's great. But um, <laughs> sorry, there's a slight title of Destiny knock. But uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, it is not just schmaltz. It, it deals mm -hmm. with serious things. It's a good drama. I really like it, too. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. When Charlie and I are um, when we're on a, a flight and we can watch the film movies on there, uh, what we'll do is we'll pick the movie we want to watch and then we'll press play at the same time and watch it simultaneously together and then just look at each other when something happens. That was a great time. Did, we did that and it paid off so well when we watched Megan as well when we were. Oh, on. yeah, yeah. man, I loved <laughs> Megan. And there's nothing great greater than like watching a horror movie in an airplane and there's someone next to you and you're watching a violent horror movie and then you can see them off your peripherals just like peeking at your screen and they kind of being like huh what the hell are they watching <laughs> i loved it megan was a was a great great time um i was gonna buy it and uh you know i don't I, i'm waiting for it to be on discount so i can own that thing because that would be a movie i definitely would pop in pretty frequently because it's just so crazy i wish i was there with a hype when it first dropped but i'm gonna know i'm late to it but really good yeah. i kind of want to see megan again plus like, there's an unrated version that apparently does add some extra stuff that i haven't seen i Megan was super fun it's ridiculous but it's really fun <laughs> um i just it, yeah i gotta watch that one again i think it popped yeah. up on prime unrated so yeah oh, good yeah. I like that. And the final movie I did watch uh, was Scream 6. And that was the one that took the cake for me. I mean, Scream 6 brought me back. Like, I need more horror movies like Scream 6. I needed Scream to continue being like Scream 6. I really love that. That might even be a top three to four film from the franchise for me. Yeah, it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Matt yeah. and I are both fans. We talked about it on the show before, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, this might. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not as bad no, not this episode, like a long time ago. I can't oh remember, my god out. i just listened to the episode <laughs> uh no no I, well, i'm glad you liked it i liked it too i that one seemed like it was kind of divisive like people either thought it was like one of the best of franchise or like the worst of the franchise oh uh, like, yeah the hyperbole funny, of the internet when that movie came out i remember being shocked that it was a new franchise movie and i generally just saw people being to to totally okay with it like, I usually expect more divisiveness with any uh -huh. new franchise movie. And when Scream 6 came out, I just saw a lot of people being like, yeah, it's good. Pretty good movie. And I was like, oh, it seems like there wasn't a lot of hype towards it because we just got another Scream movie. So there wasn't a lot of expectations. People were just like, oh, OK, another one. If it's good, fine. And it, I don't know. I, I just saw a lot of people being happy with it, including myself. I was a big fan. Yeah. Quick turnaround. It came out. The previous one came out last year. I'm thinking now 
where's my Maxine film from Ty West? Like, I think I it's just been found out it's months. coming out 2024. No. And I, I thought for sure it was 23, oh. but yeah, it, it got pushed, it, I guess. Oh, my God. Would have been like my most anticipated. Man, I'm Seriously. so excited for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it done already? Or are they still filming it? I think they're still filming it from what oh, I saw. Oh, and now it's going to stop because of the the strike. So I'm, oh. I am imagine it's going to strike. So <laughs> stop. Um, okay, hopefully they've got enough in the <laughs> bank. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. I'll so. reach out to Mia Goth and just say, hey, can you like help put this movie out? You're like, can you cross the picket line to finish this movie? <laughs> no, no, no. We're <laughs> not. No scam. No, As a union man crossing. myself, I understand. Hey, yeah, we're but all. I also just an excuse to slide into me a goth DMs. You know. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't think I said it. I support the strike. I don't think I have to pretend that I'm like anti-strike. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are some of those pages that are like I'm gonna call them out. Like those like Marvel DC fan yes. pages who are like these people are are killing us. Like just just get over it and just go work. It's like just shut up. <laughs> Those are the people that I think would genuinely be happy if just an AI generated an animated adaptation of a comic book and it's all just exactly like comic book and they'd be like, yes, finally, they've listened to the fans. It does feel like that. Like uh, I was that kind of scares me that I was thinking, like, maybe as many people in the world don't care about the whole AI thing as I think people us would like is that the one of the sticking points, apparently, for this whole SAG and right, well, the, the writer strike is like the AI because the, the thing that I think it's like broke them was that they got some presentation, the SAG committee did, and it was like, hey, we can scan people one time, like background actors, and just forever use their likeness in movies to populate the background with AI and just never have to pay them again, never pay. It just, I was, that's horrifying. But it's I so think evil. A lot of people might not care. That's the crazy part. A lot of people were just like, I don't care. Like, you know, just like who yeah. cares? Um, I've people... had to explain to multiple people the past couple of days about because there's a there's this thing about people are like, oh, those entitled actors, like, why do they need to strike? I'm like, you know how few, like the, the upper echelon of actors make a bunch of the money. And there's a bunch of actors who make I didn't even know this. They make like less average, than any of us, probably, probably like 50, 60,000 a year, which that's in L.A., so that's imagine, nothing. That's there. nothing in LA. You're basically you're broke in LA with fifty six thousand. So that's there. People are like, oh, those actors. I'm like, that's a very small percentage of the the people who are acting, you know, and and the writers too. It's like not every writer is selling a script for a couple million or whatever. It's like, so yeah. I think it's, it's a, because these triple A's just really have disproportionately shown people, you know, how expensive movies are and how much money they make and they go to paying people. But it really does. It goes to like a small percentage of people and then it's divvied out amongst the mass and they don't realize that. Uh, I watched a video where Edward Norton was talking about working for Wes Anderson because of Asteroid City and his take home was like oh, insane. Yeah. It was like a couple thousand. And he oh, said, yeah, that's it seems what you... like people just love to work with Wes Anderson and they will work for a little, even if yeah. they're A-list. <laughs> and it's like you think about like, you know, more artistic driven films and you get a bunch of um, actors in it. I mean, there's not, they're not really taking home that much, you know, and yeah, like Matt yeah. said, I think people just don't realize that um, the whole AI thing is scary. I Some people post like pictures of uh, celebrities, like the whole um, like like almost like photoshopping in a way they'll post like videos and like pictures of people doing things and then it's like oh it was actually an ai image or an ai video and i'll be honest you can definitely tell when it is so when people say that they want to do ai driven films i'm like well that stuff's gonna look like crap i mean sometimes the cgi is rushed it doesn't even look remotely good imagine now doing it with a an, an artificial intelligence doing that like where's the quality control on it yeah. Yeah. This is one of my big harping points that drives me insane is it really feels like people are being trained today that art should be free. 
We've been trained by this because of piracy, because of using Spotify, streaming services where stuff isn't free, but it feels free. And we all just feel like art should be free and we shouldn't have to pay for it. So it's creating this world where we're just going to get art generated for free by machines. And then people are just going to get paid to do the shitty jobs nobody wants to want, nobody wants to do. <laughs> and there are not enough people thinking about how that is not setting us up for a good future. <laughs> That's a good point. Right. Do you remember like really when like point. movies in the early, late 2000s, early 2010s were like The Walking Dead, you know, Zack Snyder's um, Dawn of the Dead, zombie movies so in just general. zombie movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah where it's like they would hire so many extras to come up for that day and just be a part of the movie. Oh, and they would include it in bonus A lot of features. makeup artists got paid too. Yeah, yeah. That was the good old stuff time. That, like that was the good <laughs> stuff, baby. Like you just show up on a set and they're like, you want to be an extra in a zombie? Yeah. All right. Come on in. Lord of the Rings did it with the orcs. They hired just, you know, extras to do that, man. And stuff looks good. And that stuff holds up. I mean, is the next AI action movie straight to family former family video going to hold up you know in less than a year like i don't know like, i don't think anyone's going to pay to see that but i guess the the cost to make it would be so low it really wouldn't matter <sighs> yeah it's uh <laughs> this is all very like scary type of stuff and then i feel like they are at a tipping point like if they don't win these uh or kind of push back into studios studios will just go ahead and just plow ahead with ai and like because they just care about money they just want to make money for themselves they don't care about paying anybody so Right. It's a scary, it's a scary point. Um, like, that's what I was talking about. I think on Dial Destiny a little bit. I was like, it's a little unfair. I've been watching all these like Hong Kong movies from like the 80s where they just do all this stuff for real. And it's so much more impressive than, you know, CGI, somebody jumping off a CGI train. I'm like, that doesn't I'm mean, <laughs> like, I'm glad people aren't getting hurt. Like in some of the Hong Kong movies, because I watched some of these. I'm like, I think that man just broke his leg. But it's like, <laughs> it looks, you're like, oh, they went out and did this stuff. But it's just, I don't know. That's just always going to be more impressive. But I, I just, I think there's a lot of people just don't care. And I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for, you know, the majority, but I, who knows? It's just kind of a, it's a scary point we're at where it's like, yeah, the uh, SAG and the writers killed better, like, you know, win against studios in this basically and get them to, pay them and not use uh, this AI in the way where it's like, we're just gonna replace you guys with AI. Like they've gotta be some, and again, I'm no expert on this. I don't know all the details, but it's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it's a weird, a weird point. So I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen, but. The one yeah. thing that is, that makes me feel optimistic for the future is these very cookie cutter studio, heavy CGI movies that are coming out this summer. They're all bombing. Like mm -hmm. no one cares. Like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is like the only one that's, Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse has done well too. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of them are all bombing. People don't care. People don't seem to care about that kind of movie anymore. Like everybody, it just all feels fake. It all feels rushed. It all, it's the same plot over and over again. And it's only these smaller, more original movies that are making money. You know, that maybe they're not making more money in the blockbusters, but there's so there's so much less money put into them that they are making money. I miss the days when movies were made to make money. Like I genuinely do. Like I know it's like, oh, but art is sacred, blah, blah, blah. No, like movies were better <laughs> when they were made like, let's let's make a buck. Let's turn a profit. Uh, and it doesn't okay. feel like they're being made for that. They're being made to like prop up a brand of a streaming service and they're not going to, the studios are all in the red and they're not going to be in the black for another 20 years if this works out. And it's a terrible model. Like I love the Friday the 13th movies. They were all made to make a quick buck. Like I really think you should make movies to make money again. I don't know. That's my yeah. rant. No, no. I've had a lot of rant pent up in me lately. I guess. <laughs> hey, this is like what the thirteenth most listened to podcast, right, in this country. So, like, this is the I think stuff that's what's ranting. Yeah, that's exactly so what. This is that's the exactly podcast. the stat. Thirteenth yeah. most in the country. We're coming for you, Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Matt, Matt on the Rogan show, just like taking him down. I need it. <laughs> I would just do what uh, I think Bill Burr was on there once. He's like, Joe, what do we do? We're not doctors. Do we? why, <laughs> like, why are we talking about this stuff? We're not experts. Just stop. Like, I just that was just, a great clip. I love that clip. <laughs> just like somebody just like, shut, 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 shut up. We're not doctors. <laughs> like, um, God, I, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Like, his, show is a bummer his show is a bummer because he does have a lot of people on that I would like to listen to talk, but I'm like, I don't want to listen to Joe Rogan talk. Like, it's not worth it. You know, like, I wish they would talk to somebody better and then I would listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Someone else do it. Doesn't Mark Maron do? I mean, is it a show kind of like Joe Rogan without all the. <laughs> I've never heard of him. Oh, he's had a very long running podcast where he interviews, okay. I say mostly like celebrity actors, directors, uh, people seem to like him. They just have like long conversations about all kinds of stuff. And I haven't listened to too much of it. I listened to a couple when the people I really want to hear on there, but I think mm. he's more bearable than Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know what? My yeah. version of this is Hot Ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like ones. Hot Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's always fun. We uh, should Amber all be Lawrence. on Hot Ones. Should we just we, do our oh, own yeah. Hot Ones where we eat Hot Wings while we oh, podcast? True. You need the video component, though. I feel like to It'll watch people feast. suffer. Oh, well, that would Matt, be a get the YouTube feast. channel going, boy. Like, put it on YouTube Shorts. <laughs> oh, the Jennifer Lawrence. A short of just you eating hot ones. <laughs> yeah. Of hot, and hot wings. sweating and crying. Yeah, um, yeah AI's ruining Hollywood, everyone. Oh, was a the great Gen Zers too. would watch that. You know they, they would. would. Have you, you know, seen... Oh, go ahead. Speak. This isn't even Gen Z. I think it's Gen Alpha. This is the next. What oh, is that's that? My kid. I feel Alpha. like Chris is going to be in, know about this. Have you heard about this insane thing? That's like the the toilet animation where it's like heads popping out of toilets. It's all animated like ghoulies. Does anyone know what I'm talking? <laughs> Why would you insane. assume I know this? Because like <laughs> you're a know. teacher. You're the young man. You're in the know. Um, I'm a young man. I'm growing teacher. a mustache. The that's the I'm stressing out, guy. I'm growing a mustache. I, can't I even, got white hairs. It's something growing. called like I don't. I'm gonna mess this up. It's like something shakuti toilet, and it's like some insane <laughs> thing. It's a charcuterie that's, toilet. It's charcuterie because toilet. there's because there's random <laughs> celebrity heads in cartoon characters popping their heads out, and if you like them, you save them. Oh. If you don't, you flush them down. So you do know this. <laughs> <laughs> he does know. Also, like, kids are really into seeing like things get crushed by high hydraulic presses. Like they'll watch five minute clips of just gooey bar, like not gooey bars, like like squishy balls and like candles, and they'll be squished on a hydraulic press, and they'll watch like five ten minute compilations. This is that. why Hollywood is doomed. This is okay, why. I'm I am literally so depressed about younger <laughs> generations because like I was talking to a guy at work the other day. And we were talking about the new Barbie movie coming out. And he has like an 11 year old daughter. And he's like, yeah, my, my daughter's never played with Barbie. She's never asked for a Barbie. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if kids are into Barbies anymore. And I said, what are kids into these days? And he shrugged and he said, phones. And I was like, I said to him, what are kids going to be nostalgic about apps Yeah, when they're older? Like I'm I mean, nostalgic about going to video stores. Are they really going to be nostalgic about scrolling through Netflix? Like I can't imagine. They're it's so depressing for trends, yeah. for 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 in the moment moments is what they're like. I I'll talk to them, and I'll be like, you know, I I was like, you know what I miss that one dance trend. It was called Juju on the Beat, and I just remember because they had like a little Running Man dance, and um, a couple of kids were like, yeah, I missed that. That was so fun. This thing was like in 2018, and they're like, yeah, that was so long ago. I missed that, and I'm like. It's not really been that long, <laughs> but like that's what they miss. They miss like trends. They miss moments. They don't miss. 
things, I guess. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like they're because like it's very like I, I jokingly say, but it is very true that I think a lot of people online and especially younger people, too. Um, I say this as a 27 year old. <laughs> this is really depressing to me, to be honest. This is why I'm just retreating into old movies. I understand. Like completely. Also, did, did Chris freeze or? Oh, yeah, I think he did. But um, oh. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people. <laughs> I'm dipping. I'm dipping. Uh, but it's just like it's very hyperbolic. Is that a word? Hyperbolic. Hyperbolic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went to a college in Missouri. I don't. It's yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Chris speaks two languages. He's he's fine. One time, yeah. one time, internet language know, and then normal English, right? One time, someone I know pronounced the word mediocre as mediocre, and we never. <laughs> I like that better. I like mediocre. They were he's like, fight you know, Optimus Prime. I've never let them forget it to this day, but it just makes me laugh because they were like, "Yeah, that show's just so mediocre." We were like, "What?" And then everybody was like, "What are you talking about?" They're like, "It's just average." average. We're like, Wait, "Do you mean mediocre?" And they were like, "Oh, is that how you put it?" That's definitely a person who's only read that word for sure. I, oh yeah. Oh, mediocre. I should call like... this episode mediocre. That's what you call it. It's, it sounds like a partner label on Vinegar Syndrome's website. Mediocre. Oh, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Speaking oh. of Matt, you had a nice stack you posted on Twitter from uh, Vinegar Syndrome, eh? Yeah, yeah, that was that quite was... a stack. You must yeah. have like dropped the retirement savings on that. I did. Who needs who needs a four hundred one k? You know, I, it's like we're all gonna die anyway. It's the hottest summer ever. Uh, like... <laughs> Stop <laughs> bringing the West podcast Virginia? down. <laughs> even in even in normal Virginia, not West Virginia. <laughs> we're now gonna change our flag to say normal Virginia, um, bro. I was at the airport man. trying to catch get to our flight and. <laughs> There was a West Virginia like flight, and Charlie was like, "Isn't that where Matt's from?" And I was like, "I know, but yeah, I'm glad you remember that." <laughs> Even Chris's girlfriend thinks that you're from West, West Virginia. Virginia. Beyonce. Beyonce. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, here's a real question for your Chicago guy, Chris. Should I fly into O'Hare or should I fly into Midway? Uh, O'Hare, 100. Okay. Okay. I'll okay. pick you up easier that way. Don't <laughs> you make me drive all the way to Midway? I'm gonna be pissed when I pick you up. <laughs> Some people were like, I think Midway is cheaper. And I'm like, but is Midway an easier airport to get to? Because we have an it's airport. Small. It's okay. smaller. Uh, it's more the, south. The you'll see You'll see a side of Chicago you don't want. I'm... Oh, okay. Uh, now, Matt, be careful not to mention the date or time you're going to be going to this airport or you're going to get swarmed by Film Feast fans. Oh, I know. <laughs> Seriously. There's a lot of presence here in Chicago. Oh, like I'm a, a pop star getting off the plane in like Tokyo <laughs> or something. Like, oh, everyone get away. Like, Just uh, people <laughs> have, with stacks of Blu-rays and food to give them. Here's to the sign. Film Feast. <laughs> here, I got a copy of Livewire for you to sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. Okay. Uh, no, this is this got so far off the rail. <laughs> <laughs> and been so depressed. We talked about the future of AI, the planet catching on fire. Um, what I, was, I just I have a kid now, and now I think all the time about like, oh my god, is his childhood gonna be horrible? Like, how can I no, stop him? No. Play with like old timey toys, like hitting the the wheel down the road with a stick, and like absolutely, <laughs> you gotta hook on action figures mm -hmm. and bionicles, mm -hmm. like I was. <laughs> yeah, make him a hermit. Make him be an outcast. Like, just make him like. Like everyone's on their phones, make them play with toys instead. You know, <laughs> give them a phone at a later time. Oh, I was oh. like an outcast. Kids are playing video games, and I was like, "Here's my action figure," and I'm watching yeah. Captain Blood on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> also, like how we, we were like Matt, you had a nice stack. It's like we're dick measuring how many Blu-rays we spent on a sale. Oh, Matt I Williams, I, 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 thought I, showed, I thought I showed restraint on that stack. <laughs> It's like I didn't do that bad this time, Matt. Um, what goes through your thought process when doing that? Do you like I know what I'm getting? I'm getting in. I'm getting out. Or is it like let me peruse? Or is it like I'm gonna stress and buy at the last minute? 
feel like I do plan. I feel like I do plan to buy certain stuff. Ah, I'm so jealous. Like got my little notes on my phone. I'm like, I got to buy this, this. And then I go to the site. And I just grab it and I get out. It's, I mean, it's must, how be I shop nice being, must be nice being in <laughs> a bowl. It's not bad. Daniel. Daniel knows you put me in a video store or you put me somewhere. I have to buy something. I stress out for 30 minutes. And then finally Daniel just goes, yeah. Do you want this? No. Puts it away. You want this? Yeah. All right. Let's go. It's very much like my <laughs> taking my parent and him, them deciding for me. Uh, should we talk about more movies we've seen? Oh, lately? we probably should. I think it's your turn. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yes. So this is, uh, oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite discoveries of the year. I can't believe how much I love this. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. It's The New Kids from 1985, directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Oh my God, with Lori Laughlin. <laughs> yes, because Lori Laughlin movies are great. This is what I discovered. Uh, she knew how to pick them. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've kind of always been meaning to watch this movie and never did. And I finally bought that Mill Creek Blu-ray with the retro VHS slipcover, oh, yeah, which yeah. is a surprisingly high quality slipcover, by the way. I mean, Screen Factory should take note, like literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that aside, yeah, I watched the movie and I thought it was like perfect. It was just this fantastic teen movie drama uh, thriller almost becomes a horror movie by the end. I mean, I was surprised because it's directed by Sean S. Cunningham. You know, I like I really like the first Friday the 13th movie, but, um, it you know, it's not amazing. And I couldn't believe how much better this is than the first Friday the 13th movie. It's got an amazing cast. I mean, it's about two siblings, some teenagers, Lori Laughlin, and this actor I wasn't familiar with. Looks like he hasn't been in much Shannon Presby, but he's really good in it. And uh, their parents die very early on in a car accident and they go to live with their aunt and uncle in a small town. And uh, they run into this gang of teens in the high school led by. James Spader in like an electric <laughs> bleach blonde James Spader. Shit, I'm scared. <laughs> so freaking scary with his southern accent. And they all want to hook up with Lori Laughlin. She has absolutely no interest in any of them. So they start <laughs> retaliating against both of them. And it's like this freaking war between these two siblings and this gang. And by the end, I, I mean, it, it the, the end showdown takes place in an amusement park, which already like gets me because I love amusement park set movies, anything. And, uh, and it's so violent. It's so crazy. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It just had me so gripped from beginning to end. I love the cast. I Man, I was so into it. I love it. Yeah, it's really mm -hmm. good. I, I looked back. I was like, okay, four stars on Letterboxd. I didn't realize I gave it that much. But it is it is really good. It's under 90 minutes. Always a plus. Uh, but it, I remember it escalates so well. Like, it escalates that ending. And it just it goes full crazy at the end. I won't even say what happens to... Well, yeah, it's like what how they dispatch uh, some of the bad guys is really insane. It's, it's so like, good. But it's so good. It's uh yeah, it's really a fun little movie. Like I'm glad you liked it so much. Like it's yeah, it's it's a good time. Chris, you see that movie? Mm -mm. No, I oh. saw that it was by Cunningham and I was like, "Oh, I need to check more of his works, you know, besides just Friday." <laughs> so, yeah, when I saw I... the four star, I was surprised and I was like, "Oh, add that one to the list." <laughs> I don't think of him as like a great director, but he does a good job with uh the new kids and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, Lori Laughlin, James Spader. I like both of them. It's yeah, Spader is really good at being like scary, crazy person. <laughs> yeah, that might sell it. I didn't know he was in that, so that might just sell it for me. Man, yeah, it's a good yeah. time. I'm, I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of rewatch it now that you brought it up. So maybe I'll just stop watching 65 and go put new kids on. <laughs> like it. Um, <laughs> I get done with this, but uh, let me ask oh, if you have if you yeah. have opinions about other Sean S. Cunningham movies. I'm oh, my cat just jumped on my chair, but I'm <laughs> thinking about me. checking out. Have you seen Deep Star Six? I think. Hang on. <laughs> there's there's a lot of movies like that, like Leviathan yeah. and Deep Star Six. Yeah. And there's another one. I'm like, the Abyss, I, I kind of put in there. Still haven't seen The Abyss. Oh, I only gave Deep Star Six two and a half stars, so I did see it, but I don't know anything Sanctum? about it. Would you include Sanctum in that? 
I don't wait. What's Sanctum? <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like an underwater exploring film. I could be completely wrong. Oh wait, I thought somebody brought this up somewhere that uh, like it's like a James Cameron produced movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's of course about people going underwater. I'm like that sounds like a James Cameron. Movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, I haven't Speaking of underwater, I went to see Kristen Stewart underwater in the theater, and they did. It was in January, and they didn't turn the heat on. It was so cold, I left, and I was like, the media does not want us to see. Oh. Underwater. <laughs> they can't win. <laughs> The media is. Uh, I didn't know where you were advice. going with that. I didn't know you were going. <laughs> I was like, that's something to make the experience <laughs> better. It's a true story, though. You're underwater. It was and... so cold, I just went home. <laughs> that movie was the worst projected movie I've ever seen in a theater. It it's was really so... dark, so that's yeah, not surprising. Dark. Even it at is home, really dark. I was like, this is yeah. dark. But I didn't even like it that much when I first saw it because I felt like I couldn't see anything. And then I rewatched <laughs> it at home and I was like, oh, this is way better than I gave her credit for, like, than in the theater. Like, so mm-hmm. yeah, but that's just I didn't know where you're going with. It. But yeah, yeah, these theaters, oh, just trying to stamp out freedom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did for real, like see this comment section about <clears throat> that movie, which I feel like it's scary to talk about. So I won't even. Name it is it. scary to talk about. Yeah, but um, somebody <laughs> said like it's just really weird how much the media is attacking this, and someone said what attacks? What are you talking about? And they literally said the AC got shut off in my theater. <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think CBS came to your local theater and shut off the AC? They were like <laughs> cackling like a so cartoon funny. villain, like as they turned the AC off. Um, I'm just like, uh, people haven't been to a movie uh, theater a long time because movie seriously. theaters have problems all the time with like mm-hmm. it being too hot or being too cold or like yeah. the projectors having problems. They're or... all in crap shape. I think these people haven't been to a theater since the 90s and they That's think the I, theaters yeah. are yeah. still amazing. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. When I was in Kansas City, um, I went to the Kansas side of Kansas city to go to one of the AMCs that had a huge IMAX screen and a lot of seating. Cause like some of the IMAX screens at AMCs, they vary in size, but they're still categorized as IMAX, which doesn't make sense. But I went to the one that was pretty big there to go see Dune when it had first came out. And I swear to God, it was like a afternoon showing the projection wasn't working for Dune. Like it was the first week it was out and they were like, Oh yeah, we can't get it to work. And I was pissed. And it's like, yeah, if Dune could like have issues, I, I apparently nobody wanted me to see Dune back then too. Yeah, but, the media yeah. wanted you to not see Dune. They want to talk about <laughs> yeah. the spice. They're trying yeah, to they hide don't want us to know about the spice problem, <laughs> right? And I went to see uh, a movie called Welcome to Raccoon City, the Resident Evil movie. That's terrible. Um, and I saw it at the AMC, and it was literally in the furthest theater from the entranceway, and it was like this. It was just a really trashy like part of the theater there was like piss stains on the screen (laughs) and the sound was all off and half the lights were on and half the lights were off and i still sat through the damn movie so it's like when people complain about theaters and i'm like if a movie's in the furthest back of the entrance most of the people probably forgot that movie's even being shown there yeah you know the thing is i've been putting a lot of work lately into my basement especially like since the baby's here i'm just spending more time at home and i'm just making it more comfortable for myself and i'm buying like more 4k discs and i'm like this really is a better experience than going to the theater (laughs) like i am having trouble motivating myself to even go anymore even when i do have time yeah hard to pick between you know like the 500 billion dollar movie and then like (laughs) what else is there besides it i feel like uh, anything else at that point like and then i i don't go to the theater i don't have weird experiences like some random lady sitting right next to yeah. me as i try to watch uh <laughs> infinity God, pool right infinity pool yeah i was like what, what was it uh, that's hot. oh that's a bizarre movie just, you know it's a good movie i liked it i, I really liked it i just it was just do, a weird experience yeah daniel do you remember uh b&b when in, it felt like every summer at the b&b 
um, that they would do like a summer blockbuster retro repertoire screenings. They would show like Jaws and yeah. like all these old retro. I movies. took Back to the Future. I took you to Back to the Future. It was your first yep. time seeing it. I yeah, that. it was awesome. And I was just thinking like. How co- I've not heard anything of that sort with like, it since the pandemic. The pandemic basically killed retro screenings. I mean, the Alamo still does them. Sometimes right. Regal does, but yeah, I used to have a local theater that would show retro screenings regularly, and the pandemic killed them. They're gone. Yeah. Mm. You would think, like with these movies bombing, how to recoup any money? They'll reach into the vault and do repertoires, like a limited run of repertoire screenings, to get people to go see movies they love. Yeah, they should show Taken because people love trafficking movies now. And nobody remembers that, yes, there have been movies about this before. Unhinged Ugh. Daniel. This, what did you do to him while I was gone? I don't know. He's coming in hot. Now I don't want him to come. <laughs> He's got, he got some some feelings about something. <laughs> Taken's a pretty good much. movie. That's all I'm saying. Just yeah. show Taken. I like I like it. This is good. Uh, let it out. <laughs> so, well, what? speaking of blockbusters and speaking of AI, I saw the new Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm-hmm which was awesome. And it's all about Tom Cruise fighting an all powerful AI program. Oh, that... this movie was made for me. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody compared it to like, wow, this is like Tom Ethan Hunt fighting God. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is a hell of a, that's a exactly what it. I said about guardians of the galaxy three. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I think it applies here too. It's this, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, uh, but I mean, a lot of Mission Impossible have done ridiculous things. So this whole, there's this like AI program that can like be anywhere, see anything, knows things. It's like an all powerful AI that is, they're trying to keep out of the wrong hands. Um, it's it's so much fun. Here's the crazy thing. Gave it four stars, really liked it. It may be my second least favorite of the series. You and know, that's fine. Everybody makes a big series. Yeah. yeah, everybody makes a big deal about their Mission Impossible rankings. And I'm like, they're all good. It really doesn't matter. Like, I don't it's give true. a shit about anyone's. We ranking. all fight over these rankings. I'm like, guys, they're all good. Like, um, but I mean, this one is I mean, it's still great. It's got amazing set pieces. Uh I think that my it's there's something that feels a little off with it. And it may be because it's a part one of two, because they had mm. COVID protocols. I feel like the the cast is not together as much as I would like. They're kind mm. of it's like there's a lot of like Tom Cruise by himself or just Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell. And like I kind of like when he's with the whole team or at least they're like in his ear and like they do kind of thing where they split them up for different reasons. Um, it's and I thought the first hour was like amazing. And then it kind of it's pretty long. I didn't realize it was almost three hours. Um, but I mean, it's a really great chase scene through Italy, which uh, not to crap on Dial Destiny again, but. <laughs> compared to um that chase scene and that this was like oh this is what i want and they're still using obviously some cgi and some stuff but it just so much of it is done practically that it helps that kind of feel like okay this is better uh like and yeah it's uh pretty great they do and they do one thing i don't think i liked but i won't say what that is but uh uh near the end but it's good and it doesn't feel as much of like a oh, this is a part one cliffhanger. It feels like a complete movie for the most part. That's Although the story is not finished. Um, but it's it's good. It looks great. I mean, I, it's just it, it, high quality stuff. It's like, you know, I expect there's Tom Cruise and, and then at this point, like he's not going to let us down. So um, yeah, it's a good time. I, anybody seen that yet? Or am I the only one? No, yeah, I'm excited for it. I love, love the Mission Impossible movies. Um, so I don't understand why it is almost three hours. I'm I'm just really, really sick of runtimes these days. So like, okay, whatever. But uh, but yeah, I want to see it. I, I love that series. And I still cannot get Chris to watch them. Chris has not seen any of them. Oh no. Not I can't get him to do it. Just the first one. Okay, he's seen DePaul. Oh, okay. 
you got to watch the Mission Impossible 2. It's John Woo. <laughs> it's I have like the six <laughs> film collection and I don't know. I, I don't know why I haven't gone into it. I probably will um, for this one because I every time I see that trailer and I'm with, with Charlie, I, she, she loves Tom Cruise. And, you know, I, I've in as I've gotten older, I've definitely become way more um, supportive of him and his filmmaking. I don't know. There was a weird time where I just didn't really pay attention to his works. I know that's weird to say, um, but now I'm very much more appreciative. So I want to support it. And when I see that new trailer, I'm always like, oh, my God, this guy's going to die for just this trailer for us. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, it makes me want to go see it. Um, so maybe I'll go ahead. I just finished doing a Raymond land, um, marathon. So maybe the next one will be mission possible just because I was going to binge through the rewatching the Indiana Jones movies for dial of destiny until I saw that I don't really need to watch it. <laughs> so I kind of put yeah. that on the shelf. So I have a lot more free time to watch things. So maybe I might have to just do that. My thing with mission impossible is how come ev- it seems like everyone's always like, you have to get through the first three before it gets good. And I don't know. It just feels no, like when people I, I don't talk, agree with that. I don't agree with that either. It I, just feels like when people say you got to watch this show, but give it time because it gets better. Get through the first season of the yeah, show. It, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's, does get better, but the first three are worth watching for yeah. sure. Mm. I think there's just a big shift that happens after the third one where it feels like it becomes like a little bit of a different thing. And they're a little more because the first three are also different, I feel like, in what they're doing. And then the fourth one kind of starts to get like a little more things are a little more feel i don't want to say the same but more, more cohesive more cohesive of a mm. piece yeah it's like so there's like the this bridge from three to four where or maybe four is the bridge i don't know but i, I four is my favorite still i love four um it makes that sense that four is your favorite because that's probably the best team movie about them working together yes. and it's really yeah. funny i feel like it's a funny one because like everything's going wrong in that one and it's like it's got the amazing tom cruise on the I can't remember what the tower is called in like Dubai or somewhere. The insane stuff where he's climbing this tower. It's it's so much fun. Um, but they're all very high quality. Like it's hmm. not people crap on two. I want Chris on the the Mission Impossible two high. If I want you to join. I was gonna I feel say like... I, maybe I should watch them and then like piss everyone off with my ranking. <laughs> now put, you're motivated. Finally, yeah. Just put two and three first, and you'll piss everybody else off because that seems to be the consensus. Is people always put two and three at the bottom? Oh, and is then... it the is JJ Abrams the director of the third one? He is. Yeah. Yeah, I really it, like the third one. I'm in I've the always, three hive. Yeah. <laughs> Who directs most of the, the films? Like, is there a, a, well, a singular director from like from four on or was it a different? Christopher Quarry's done the past three. Apparently he wrote Gross Protocol, but that's Brad Bird. Who did like the Incredibles. The Incredibles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah. The movie yeah, that, that made Matt cry as a kid. Uh, <laughs> or last year, because I didn't see it. Oh, 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 right, right. right. <laughs> Maybe cries an adult man. I, I'll I'll say it. Yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's a, it's a tough movie. Uh, but, um, yeah, they become it's it's like Christopher Quarry and Tom Cruise's thing now for the past ah. like three movies and kind of four a little bit. But hmm. uh, that's the difference. At first, it's De Palma, John Woo, J.J. Abrams, and yeah. Hmm. So it's yeah. I know I, this different. is a simple Google search, but how come <laughs> I've never really heard of this director? Has this director done anything else that's substantial besides this franchise? Christopher McQuarrie? This... Yeah. Yeah, he's done these. He's done uh, Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise, which felt like I always thought was a Mission Impossible like sub movie, you know, like same universe. Kind I of mean, thing. you know, it's it's Tom Cruise action hero. It's practically the same character. So, ah. um, yeah, I didn't really realize that. But has he only done to- these Tom Cruise movies? I'm looking it up now. He only directed uh, one other thing years ago. Way of the Gun. That's right. I see. That sounds familiar. Interesting. Way of the Gun. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I haven't seen it forever, but it's pretty good. Um 
He's done a lot of writing, though. Yes, he wrote a lot of Tom Cruise. He wrote Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. I still have not wow. seen, but kind of want yeah. to now. Um, he wrote. I'm he, pretty sure I saw Valkyrie, and I think I forgot it. I remember being. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it and was really. I think because it came out right yeah. when Inglorious Bastards was going out to coming out too. And I think One year before, me. it looks like. Uh, oh right. He wrote Top Gun Maverick. He wrote Jack the Giant Slayer. You Ooh, remember he wrote that? The Mummy. Brian Singer. <laughs> Like well, the mummy is truly one of the worst blockbusters I've ever seen. He wrote Edge of Tomorrow. That's good. Ooh, I like that one. Live, die, repeat. It's so weird. He doesn't like work for like ten years. It looks like or like eight years. Like Way of the Gun to Valkyrie. Like what happened for him those eight years that he wasn't a? Uh... Oh, he wrote good for him only working when necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, he's good. He's good. Okay. I uh, I think. Valkyrie might have been better because I forgot. I was like, I found the Blu-ray. I bought the, like a buck somewhere, and I was like, I own Valkyrie on Blu-ray. And I was, oh, you like, bought it for a buck. It was from Dollar Tree. You got it from I, work. I, guess, I wish. Huh? No, another store that just <laughs> a store I like going to, a secondhand store that stopped selling movies recently. They used to buy and sell movies. You could sell them, mm. and they just said we're not taking movies anymore. And then they basically just sold off their entire oh, bunch that of Blu-rays. I was like, damn it, this is my. Favorite. It was like going to the video store because you just find random stuff, and every every Blu-ray there was like five dollars or less. Like they were oh, just, that's awesome. It was great. I love going there. So mm. um, they had to make room for more anime statues, though. So, you know, they got to pick their priorities. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, these statues are like four hundred dollars. and They take up so much more space. But hey, it's better than three dollar movies. I guess. That reminds me of another theory I have. You want to hear another one of my theories? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think and I'm worried about this, that mm. the new like big blockbuster entertainment that's populist for the younger generation, it's all going to be animated stuff. Because I, I I went into Spencer's and Hot Topic yesterday. It's like 80% anime stuff. Anime is super popular right now. And when I think about the movies that have done really well this year, it's Super Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. And it's Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. It feels like kids these days just want animated stuff. And it worries me because I don't just want animated entertainment. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I am more interested in live action stuff, to be totally honest. I don't blame you. I, I really enjoy animated films, but I can just, I, I mean... I think it's animation now, it's so more creative. Like, it's different animation styles now. You know what I mean? Like, Spider-Verse looks is completely different. Puss in Boots, even, um, was completely different animation style. That's really cool. Maybe it's because yeah. live-action movies look so bad now. They're half Like, CGI animated stuff now, is the only right? stuff that looks good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they're going to go like super CGI-heavy, and they're like, why don't we just animate it instead of spending mm -hmm. money, like, partially doing it real and then CGI in <laughs> some of it? Like... Maybe they're like, oh, there'll be although animated movies still cost a ton of money. You look at the budget, like, how did it cost <laughs> that much money? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, you may be right. I thought first of all, you're saying anime was super popular, not just animated. Movies. Well, it is. It, it is. Yeah. You're right. Because there'll be a random weekend where something opens like with 20 million dollars. And I'm like, what is that? And it's some random like like a like a My Hero Academia or like yeah. a Dragon Demon Ball Slayer. Z movie opens. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Uh, the yeah. anime people have always been going strong like unquietly i feel like they just they come out of nowhere oh um, yeah i think it's because like i mean there's so many people that leave the read mangas and like they the, the turnaround like like for me it's attack on titan you know i haven't read the manga but god i've been waiting half my adult <laughs> life just for this series to end um but like yeah i think once people are hooked on there i see more kids with manga books now than textbooks uh, oh, wow. you know and, and i think that's <laughs> definitely i think daniel is onto something there i can't wait till actors are just uh, uh, i don't know man i, I don't want to get too dark do you think it's <laughs> going to get to the point where how do i even word this 
actors who are deceased are going to be still appearing in movies as like CGI characters because we're already there, man. I mean, yeah, we're already there. Like, Uh, when does it stop? They'll just get better uh, at doing that. (laughs) It's kind of kind of weird to see. I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I'd want to talk about one specific movie, but I don't know if any of you are going to be like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy cool and stuff like that. Or like it's from The Flash, but I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen it, but I don't really care. I, I know about the Christopher Reeve thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, one yeah. of them. And I was just kind of like, Twitter that's so that. cool. But I was also like, eh, I don't think I needed to see that either. Yeah. You, know you see it I mean? for like five seconds. I There's feel another like. spoiler. There's a huge, crazy like surprise. And it was like non-existent and then it's like <laughs> whoa they did that that's cool but also like weird at the same time i don't know yeah they didn't I'm need not... to re- resurrect christopher reeve they could have just got dean kane <laughs> and they didn't show he's not Brandon busy Roth. uh <laughs> he's not Br- busy he's not busy yeah <laughs> i'm pissed as someone who loved superman returns growing up they didn't show brandon roth in the movie and i was pretty oh, bummed yeah. out about that yeah he would have been an actual good choice yeah i used to have his action figure yeah. and i and a couple other things you know this is becoming a brennan roth talk so yeah shout that guy out <laughs> i had a man crush on him growing up i think mike scott's happy i think he's a big brennan roth guy oh i think so should yeah. we just invite him too we'll talk about the new yeah. purge movie that's <laughs> if he wants to hack year. in he can <laughs> he can hack in i do think me yeah. and michael recording an episode this exact same time next weekend so maybe he's free now oh, Who knows? right on <laughs> Uh, just send him the invite. See if he joins. Uh, Matt pulls out his black book of all the uh, I guess he's having on. <laughs> just, <laughs> just everybody. I think I'm only uh, scheduled as far ahead as Mike next week. That's all I know. <laughs> so I don't plan this show. Please don't give me too much credit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to go see a movie where Tom Cruise basically fights against uh, godlike AI, Dead Reckoning is your is your way to go um you know I th- i'm surprised it came out i thought for some reason it was going to come out the same weekend as oppenheimer because i remember there was like a beef about tom cruise wanting it to be on imax but like everyone was being imax studios were oh being, i think he didn't want do you really not screen. know what movie is coming out the same weekend as oppenheimer barbie okay okay yeah. good like it's all the year no 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 but i'm saying um there was uh there was a story that was coming out that tom cruise was really pissed off at theaters because they were gonna put well it's next on weekend IMAX. it's yeah. next weekend so maybe he's pissed that he's only getting one weekend yeah on he's IMAX. mad he's maybe losing that... screens already that's yeah. why they i think they bumped up dead reckoning a few days because i saw like oh open okay. day was like a tuesday night which is very unusual <laughs> so i think yeah. they bumped it up to like just get it out a little bit earlier so you can have more screens but um yeah the barbie Oppenheimer thing i actually am excited for both movies it's just funny how much yeah. the internet has like just cannot stop talking about it and it's funny i love that meme I really do. And I think it's going to be oh, really yeah, good yeah. for their box office. So I think oh, yeah. it's like going to be a it's positive effect of me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, it's funny now because people in like my normal life are coming to me, go like with Bart, like Barbenheimer jokes. And I'm like, I've been on Twitter for the past six months. I've seen, I've seen it. <laughs> I've all. seen it all. <laughs> I've seen it all. <laughs> you ain't I'm seen like, nothing. Twitter, Twitter talks about it all the time. Bro, I'm oh. pissed. I didn't secure tickets for either of them for the opening weekend. I think I'm you'll going, be fine. I please don't sell out much anymore. No, the FOBO's hit me. I got to be there. I got to put my letterbox review day one. <laughs> Chris in like a half black, half pink like suit. Just going to like. <laughs> More like Boringheimer. Am I right? <laughs> I play. I plan to be there. Oppenheimer first, followed by Barbie. Same day, double feature. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, That's yeah, what Tom Cruise said to do. I saw he was asked on the red carpet what order people should see them in. And he said Oppenheimer first, Barbie second. Oh, yeah. You've got, I mean, that's just. And Tom Cruise is the president of movies. So you got to listen. That's true. Love his movies, popcorn, movie, whatever he said. The little thing of him going around yesterday was like, he's got a big old thing of popcorn. He's like, I love movies, movies, popcorn, 
it's like it's all it's just it's it it's just like okay <laughs> um president of movies ever he's spoken he's so diplomatic when they ask him about these things like uh yeah because i think letterbox you know they do they ask people on the red carpet their four mm -hmm. favorites love I that i think what I've heard is he refused to answer, <laughs> like, because they they talked to him, but then someone's like, "Oh my God!" There's like a comment. Someone's like, "You got him." What are his four? And he goes, "Well, we didn't get before, but we talked to him." And it's like, so I guess he refused to probably very politely and diplomatically to give a four favorite movies. He can't he can't choose as a president of movie. <laughs> I saw one meme of like what someone put what his choices were, and they were like, "Fight Club," "Taxi Driver," "Joker," <laughs> and then something else like that. <laughs> Oh, natural born killers. I don't know what would yeah, be. So, oh my God. <laughs> I'm, ex oh. I'm excited. I skipped out on Barbieheimer. I'm doing sound of freedom and Oppenheimer that weekend. The sound of Oppenheimer. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> what a feel good double. Yeah. I'll be blow people up and then kidnap them. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, boy. I feel um, gross making that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's already done. <laughs> I don't know why, but Sound of Freedom gives me like American Sniper, Act of Valor vibes, and I'm just like, eh. I think that's what they want. I think Definitely American vibe. Sniper. I don't, I don't know about Act of Valor, but yeah, I've been getting American Sniper vibes for sure. Still, never saw that movie. I'm proud I of myself. I saw it. I was bored out of <laughs> my fucking mind. I remember listening we... to the Terror Table once, and Mitch said the world would be a better place if American Sniper was not made. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that was like the moment where I knew like, this is my podcast. I'm gonna listen to this every oh, week. the funny thing is I don't want to see it, but I feel like I will because I've seen so many Clint Eastwood directed movies. And I feel like uh... I'll see so many. I'll get to the point where I'm like, I got to watch American Sniper in 15, 17 to Paris. Cause it's the only ones I haven't seen of Clint Eastwood movies. I You'll don't... do a double of American Sniper and West Side Story to finally complete Clint Eastwood and Spielberg. <laughs> Blood's and then I'll, I'll be dead after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should watch Western Story after American Sniper because it'll probably make me like it more. I'd imagine. So, sorry, Matt. I don't e own either Blu-ray. So when you come here, we're not doing that. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's fine. Well, <laughs> that's that plans out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guess that's the end of that dream or whatever he says in Banshee's <laughs> Finish. Oh my god. That goes yeah. that dream. There goes mm. that dream. Uh, so good. What um, a great three three and a half star movie that I'm gonna forget about in a year or so. We talk about so many movies. I don't even know which one you're talking about. Or is that the Banshees, right? Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I loved it. But I don't know when I'll watch it again. I love that it's an Oscar drama that's only two hours long. Oh yeah, that's what I love about it. What are the Oscars anymore? I feel like I've missed the last three, and I don't even know anymore. Who knows? Yeah, I don't really either. I feel like after Parasite, I don't even know what the Oscars are. And best picture goes to watermelon being smushed slowly by a compressor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's known as a callback joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, do you want to talk about stuff we've seen? Chris, do you want to talk about anything else or did you talk about all your stuff? I don't know. If you... um, dude, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I did. Like I said, I've been watching a, quite a few Ray Milan films. Um, and which is really good. I, I, I've been watching like I what's it called? Kino Lorber put out a lot of stuff um, from him that I feel like get lost in like the huge catalog, you know? And yeah, a really, lot of stuff from Kino does for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I really enjoy them. And what I love about Ray Milan, at least with the the Kino Lorber releases, is they're all works with like previous directors he's worked with um, from the same releases. Right. So um like there was a they did lewis he they put out a lewis allen film the same guy who he worked with for um the uninvited um he did one with uh i forget the other director um 
with easy living. Um, but like they put out the same director with the same works, you know? So it's like, it feels like you're seeing his like filmography in different stages. Like oh, he's working with Billy Wilder, Wilder for a few movies. And then he's doing with this director. So, so that's been really interesting to see. Um, I, I remember telling Daniel when I was watching um, Arise My Love, where I'm like, God, this movie is insanely dark for like an early night or a, a later 1940s film, um, which made me appreciate him even more. So I've been doing that. Um, I don't know. I bought a couple movies from the Criterion sale um, that I'll be planning to watch. Uh, I must have been buying stuff more than watching, like most Blu-ray collectors. You know, so, I was like, yeah, that sounds typical. I'm with yeah. you because I buy too I watch, much stuff. Yeah. I watched The Way Back with Ben Affleck uh, the other night. I've had that movie since like it was a family video disc. Let's put it that way. And uh, I thought it was gonna be a dad movie, but it was like Ben Affleck doing a Leaving Las Vegas type of movie <laughs> but uh, like with basketball and uh it was it was good but it's like yeah i'm gonna sell this movie <laughs> like after like i'm never <laughs> gonna watch this movie again but he was good it was uh, good to see him i like how shredded ben affleck is in that movie because he does it after you know while he's still in his batman physique so like he's this alcoholic but he's super jacked you know <laughs> and he can't touch the sides of his body because his forearms are so huge where's that beer belly come on <laughs> yeah there is a little bit of one but like yeah and it made me think like, oh, I, I just love Ben Affleck. I've also been, I, I think I've just been at a Ben Affleck kick. I've been watching, rewatching Batman vs Superman is one of the movies I love to put on in the background. And when I'm doing stuff like fixing figures and stuff, um, but then I'll put it down and just like watch it <laughs> like for the remainder of the time. <laughs> so I've been rewatching Batman vs Superman like two or three different times now. And then I popped in Justice League and uh just to get to the parts to see ben affleck and then i'm like yeah this is crap and then i just go on <laughs> max and then put on the justice the zack snyder justice league and then i'll watch a couple minutes of that so that's what i've been doing lately not All really right. finishing films <laughs> just gotta throw stuff on and, and buying movies that's fine. just that's... like just like ogling ben affleck as batman oh i love it uh um i've only picked up two criterions from the sale i'm pretty proud of myself it feels like I got I really three should. so far. Yeah, I yeah. might get a fourth, and then I think I'll stop. Are you picking up that uh, the renowned what is it, the renowned? I can't pronounce it. Bud Bedeker. Oh, the renowned westerns. westerns? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I have them all on Blu-ray, and I know on Criterion they're on 4K, but I'm okay. I don't feel like I need those in 4K. So I have Mill Creek's big Blu-ray box set. It has all those, and it has a bunch of other Randolph Scott westerns too. Oh, and it was like twenty dollars. So like, I'm good with that. <laughs> I the mean, Criterion can't... one's like eighty. Yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, that's I feel like I was looking at those I'm like, is it worth it to pay that much for the 4K? Because I really liked Tall Tees and I saw Tall Tee area like that. I think there's another one I saw that I liked. And I'm like, ah, I don't, it's a lot of money. I didn't know that Mill Creek thing was. I don't know if it's still available without a print. Um, Mill Creek stuff usually sticks around for a long time. So I would look it up. Might look into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I bought was Targets, uh, which I really want to rewatch because I saw it once and I feel like it didn't click with the Bogdanovich movie. Um, I feel like it didn't click click with me, but I feel like I'd like it more on a second watch. And then I bought uh, After Hours, which I just rewatched the other night. It's so good. It's even better than I remembered the first time I saw it. I was like, man, this is great. Like, and it's funny because it's so great. And it's because Scorsese, it's like, you know, like so far down the ranking, <laughs> but it's like, it's still so good. I'm like, this would be anybody else's best movie. And it's like, um, it's it's such a good movie. It's so much fun. Um, but that's I have it. an after hours story. Um, oh. I, I ordered after hours criterion online and I got it in the mail yesterday. And the thing, the case was cracked to hell. Ooh. 
such a bummer. But I, after this, I'm going to go over to Barnes and Noble and exchange it because I was at Barnes and Noble yesterday and I saw they had it. So I think I'll be okay, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, very sad. Um, and then I got, I got fast times at Ridgemont high for some reason. I never bought it before. And, uh, and I rewatched it the other night. That movie is, that movie is great. That, that soundtrack is unbelievable. Like every song <laughs> is so good. I really like that movie. And then I got Anatomy of a Murder, which I've always meant to see and I never mm -hmm. have. So I'm excited to check it out. That yeah, movie I hear has really good music. I think it's from who does the music in that movie. Um, I can't Okay, remember. so both Fast Times and Anatomy of a Murder. Great music. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> really people. good jazz. A really good jazz soundtrack in that movie. Oh, nice. I'm excited. Yeah. It's like I two hours, 40 you. minutes, but it seems like it probably deserves it more than The Flash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I gave the Flash as high rating as it did on Letterboxd. I, I think, I think. Why would you give? I'll it? watch I it when even... it comes home. I'll check it out. You know, I, it might be I, good. I, gave, I gave it three and a half stars, Chris. Right. I don't know what I was. I was. It, it got me with the emotional hook with him and his mom. It was like that. it was. It was really unfair. It was very emotional manipulation. Um, that's like, but all the the CGI. There's a big battle. It's most of the trailers that big battle in the desert looks. Yeah. terrible like yeah. it's and the, the funniest thing to me is that i heard because i thought this was weird at the time that one, there's you know there's two flashes and one of them says the other one like come on barbie let's go party yeah and there should be a barbie girl needle drop there but i guess they didn't get it or couldn't get it so there's no needle drop so he i heard barbie have, doesn't have that song in it either i heard that too which i people are gonna be very upset about Brad, so uh, skipping that song uh, know, maybe the maybe the band doesn't give up the rights to that song very easily i don't know but uh <laughs> if you don't but, give it up to a barbie movie what do you give I, it what up do for? they give it up it's <laughs> a good point um i guess mm. i only have a few left i can run through mine kind of quick we just talk about whatever but uh i finally watched the deer hunter which yeah i haven't like seen that either cool. one of those movies it just felt like yeah. you had to see it yeah um especially when i was younger it was like one of those movies like it felt like it was on the level of like the godfather and casablanca like it was one of the great movies that you had to see and i feel like it's lost a little bit of um that prestige i feel like people see it now and i don't know i mean people think it's great but it's like it and it is it's great it's really good uh i may have a hot take i think john woo did a better version of this called bullet to the head it Ooh. is very similar to Deer Hunter, but I thought it was better, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's very long. It's three hours. Um, it's a very long hour. I mean, you get to meet the guys before they go off to Vietnam, which is a, which is nice. We lose with that the Richie Valen bar scene. Oh, I yeah, yeah. love you, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's very sad. It's very bleak. Yeah. Uh, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad I've seen it. I don't think I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> like the acting is top notch from everybody. It's De Niro because we're walking. I thought Meryl Streep was really good. I feel like no one ever talked about her in the movie mm -hmm. and she does a really good performance. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things like you just watch a movie like that. That's so famous. And like, you're just like, okay, that was great. And then you just, I don't know what to do after that. I'm just like, okay, well that's done. So who's buying that 4k, right? That's what I keep thinking. <laughs> who's buying did, that? Did shout factory put that on 4k? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't I even noticed Interesting. that. Um, I always felt like that movie's famous for one really iconic scene and that's it. And you kind wait of... through the whole movie to get to it. <laughs> it's kind of what I felt as I was watching it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's I mean, everyone knows. It's a great that. scene, though. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it is a great scene. But it's it feels like it's that's the, the showstopper. And then like everything. I mean, everything else is around it is good, but it's just weird to like see that one scene and then see the context around it. But um it's like yeah. the Sigma movement, yeah. <laughs> God, it all, all comes goes, back to that. It always comes back to the Sigma movement. 
Um, I didn't create it. I'm just letting everyone know that. <laughs> um, actually, you know, Daniel, do you have other stuff you want to talk about? I go back to you. I don't want to just start talking. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that you just watched like a massive established classic, finally checked it out for the first time. Because I also, I watched uh, Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald. Oh, I was interested in your I do really this, like yeah. that movie. <laughs> I freaking loved that movie. Oh, yeah, I saw I, you liked my review, and I was like, oh, that was like two years ago. And I was like, oh, Daniel watched Dirty Work. Okay, that explains it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like scrolling two years through your diary. Or I didn't something. think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's the funniest comedy I've watched in a long time. Like, I I laughed till I cried at, and I know that I'm sure you could, you know, consider this joke kind of offensive, but I laughed till I cried at the prison scene. Do you remember this? Uh, can you say any more? <laughs> I feel like okay. I... So, <laughs> oh god, I don't even want to describe it. People I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't person. want to. <laughs> Matt's like, I'll edit this out, and then you listen, and he did it. Look, he gets um, he's in prison. Uh huh. He gets taken away by some men. Oh, okay. Wait, no, no. Now I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, you fellas have a lot of growing up to do. I'll tell you that. You know what hurts the most? It's the lack of respect. Oh, God. I was yeah. like later in the day, just started laughing. And my wife's like, what? And I was like, I just thought about this joke and dirty work. <laughs> oh, man. How did you come to watch that? It's, was it uh, just on some uh, streaming somewhere? Well, I was. Um, so all of films just uh, went under the Blu-ray label. Oh, and wow. I was watching a live stream from this YouTuber I really like called Born to be Rad. He's great. And he's been so oh, okay. nice yeah, to yeah. me, which is really great. And um, he uh, he was basically showing off like recommendations of all the films that he recommends people, you know, grab before they're completely out of print. Well, they are out of print before they get too expensive. And he talked about dirty work because all of them apparently put it out. And uh, and I saw it was on Tubi and I was like, I could go for a comedy. And I've always kind of meant to see it because of Hayden, because Hayden loves Norm McDonald so much. Oh, he does love so, Norm McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just put it on on Tubi one morning while I was, you know, playing with my baby on the floor. Like I watch everything on Tubi. And it's so funny. I just loved it. Hmm. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I I just looked at the Blu-ray on Amazon. It's $30. It's like, oh, <laughs> chump, chump change. Chump change. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it seems like Kino is getting Olive's library. Like they're putting out Monster Squad. I think there's another all of title that they just announced. So it seems mm-hmm. like they've got their stuff. So hopefully we'll get a Kino Blu-ray of it. Yeah, I can was see this it, being a Kino Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> was it Monster Squad? Wasn't that on Screen Factor at one point? Or am I thinking? It wasn't. Out? I think there was like, I have some weird basic Blu-ray that I don't think is from a label, but Olive did put it out. That's like uh-huh. the only kind of boutique label release it has. And you would think Screen Factory would put out Monster Squad. Like if they That's, were yeah. trying at all <laughs> yeah. these days, they would have got Monster Squad and put it out in 4K, but they're not really. Uh-oh. So Kino got it. Oh, speaking of Screen Factory, did you guys Uh-oh. see that uh, Jeff, I think they, Jeff Nelson is his name, is yeah. leaving. He's one of the guys that founded oh, yeah. Screen Factory. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. glad because I'm like, they need some kind of change. Like I hope this does something for them they changed their logo for their anniversary <laughs> aren't they now shout studios i just saw they just announced the change of name they said screen factory oh. name is staying but they're now shout studios not shout factory oh i didn't see that which seems like a mistake because like shout factory that's their thing and it sounds right. you know, if studios is a way more common word for their line of work than factory so mm-hmm. right i don't know i mean it, yeah. a lot of the releases feel like it's coming out of an assembly line sometimes so factory fit yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. pisses me off about screen? I've gone on a lot of rants. You know what pisses me off so <laughs> I much? Love, I love this version Factory. of Daniel. I know. It's I know. Not, we don't get this. 
<laughs> it's not necessarily the quality of the slip covers. They're not great, but they're okay. It's not necessarily that they're re-releasing everything. Cause you know what? Some stuff's gone out of print. Some stuff people haven't gotten like those new collectors can get those 4Ks. That's fine. It's the fact that they, whenever they release something interesting, obscure, hasn't been on Blu-ray before, limited to 1500 units, bare bones, $30 drives me <laughs> insane because they like, do that for? you'll never get it less than $30 because it'll go out of print real fast and the it's price true. will go way up. So like, if I want revenge of the cheerleaders, if I want school spirit and the pack, which I kind of do, I do kind of want $30 a piece. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Insane. I didn't, I've never <laughs> noticed that. Is that a thing? Yeah, they're all limited 1500 units. They're all bare bones. They're all $30. Oh, I, don't like that crazy. I don't like that no. at all. Awful. Yeah, I don't like how they've run that label for a long time. But well, the theory was I, people were speculating when the, this Jeff Nelson announced he was leaving was that that could be maybe he's been fed up for a while with things they couldn't do or could do. And maybe that's a sign of like label just going under in a year or two, possibly. Mm, like they're, no they're way. Done. I feel like they put out everything they can put. I mean, not everything they put out, but it's like they put out so much and they just keep re-releasing stuff. I feel like this is what happens when like a company is on its like last legs. They just keep putting out the old stuff again. It's like, well, we'll just we'll just re-release that again or like. Um, you know, a network well, just plays reruns because they can't afford new shows. <laughs> you know, it's like we'll just put the same movies out again. Um, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I it's hard to imagine them going away because they were like the big guy in like the horror Blu-ray world. But it's sure. like there's yeah. been so much competition mm -hmm. since they started, and it was only ten years ago. But like, there's so much now more competition, and who I think do better work for the most part. Um, so I don't know. It's a possibility. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if in a couple years they just Stream Factory like dissolved the label. I mean, I don't. That's I don't crazy. I would say, I love talking like this. That's why I love you guys. Because <laughs> uh, this is like stuff, just water cooler talk off the yeah. mic. But anyway, water cooler but... talk you can't have with like anybody else in the world. So this is good. We talk. About yeah, no, I need. I needed this release. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. movie my people at work are talking about is the trafficking movie. <laughs> That's it. I thought you could say Barbie, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my thing with screen factory and I one, I'm now I'm surprised and real stressed out about like that limited release thing, but I've always been growingly frustrated with how they've been putting out movies on 4k, but not just movies on 4k recent released movies that just had a new blu-ray release, then getting now a 4k release. Yeah. Like Dawn of the dead is one example. Um, creep creep show one, um, oh, came yeah. out a few years ago and Daniel made a good point. Like it's cool artwork, but it's on a slip cover. It's not like on a hard case. Yeah, their um, old Creepshow release looks so much cooler. Yeah. Honestly, if they wanted these 4Ks to be special, they'd release them all in a hard box, like that Creepshow Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an incentive, but they're not with Halloween. trying. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like they totally could. They could totally compete with all these other labels. Because, like, Severin used to have the worst slipcovers in the business, and now they've oh. copied uh, Vinegar Syndrome, and they're, like, the same as Vinegar Syndrome slipcovers. And, like, oh. Screen Factory could have done that. There's so They could have probably kept Texas Chainsaw and not lost it to Vinegar Syndrome. I'm sure they could have got Monster Squad and not lost it to Kino. Imagine <laughs> Kino Lorber showing up Screen Factory. It's, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. But that's They've been showing at. up Criterion a little bit lately because they put yeah. some stuff on 4K that Criterion had Blu-rays of. I like Kino Lorber's, yeah, their 4K stuff better than the Criterion stuff. I, I love Kino. Kino I is too. a favorite of mine. They well, have would... come a long way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Are, why i'm curious uh i like the look of them better okay. I, i'm not a big fan of all of criterion's artwork sometimes it feels feel a little that. meh and i like that kino's using original poster art i like the slip covers a lot i'm a big slip cover fan um and then they just look spectacular like i just watched their manchurian candidate 4k mm -hmm. it's like jaw-dropping it looks amazing oh 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't realize that. But Scream Factory also, they're losing, like you said, they lost from beyond. They lost Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I think they've lost the Sleepaway Camp rights now too, right? To Kino. I think that's always a, oh, always a thing so. with Kino. I want somebody but to put those out. That's again. always the thing that they <laughs> yeah. lost. They lost the rights to this, uh, Sleepaway Camp. But every time they bring it up to Kino, someone from Kino says, we're not putting these movies out. Like no one, like it's not worth it to put them out. And what really upsets me with, because um, I read it on a... I read it on a Reddit review uh, <laughs> stream, like or whatever, a thread, and uh, they were talking about um, the the Child's Play movies that they've been putting out because they put the first three in pristine condition, and everyone's like, "Well, I'm gonna hold out for the box set that's gonna come out." And then everyone's like, "They're not going to do a box set. If they would have done a box set, they would have done the same thing for Halloween. Instead, they did each the first four in individual box." like hard cases. And then they did the last ones, but apparently that's like a studio condition or like a, a an ownership um, condition where you, ha- they would, they had to put the last three bundled up together and not individual, because I think oh. they think that la- resurrection is not going to sell any copies. <laughs> I can't imagine so why they, they have to, <laughs> they have to put it in a box. Yeah. But why wouldn't they just come up with a box for the first, you know, their first ones as well. Um, so they think, well, they're probably going to do that with the Chucky set. They'll do like the last three in like a box set. That does seem to be like what that. they're doing. Yeah. Which I, really pisses me off. I would have loved if they did like a Friday the 13th style child's mm-hmm. play box set. Oh, Man, yeah, I would have yeah. bought that in a heartbeat. You would think that, that's easy. That's harder to put out than like the Halloween movies. I feel like in terms of like ownership, like trying to get all the stars to match because the, that franchise yeah, is all over the place. Oh, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And the Friday set is reasonably priced because you can't oh, even- yeah. 12 movies and it's like $80. And then if you want all these child's play 4Ks, if you got all of them, what are you dropping? Like 300 bucks? <laughs> it seems like it. And yeah. you don't even get like a hard case to put them all in. It's you get crazy. a NECA figure yeah. up for a limited quantity. <laughs> oh, Do they you? love those. those yeah, you get the exclusive burn Chucky NECA. Did you guys see the Adrian Barbeau figure they put out from the fog? It's about time. It's been announced for like a couple of years. That thing looked terrible. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I feel like their thing is like, we got, we'll give you some pins and some buttons and some action figures. I'm like, just give me the movie. (laughs) Like, what's, have you guys noticed they now release stuff with two slipcovers? What the oh. hell are you supposed to do with that second slip? I didn't cover? know that. I thought you yeah. had to choose which one you wanted. I the don't know. You dumb, get no, both. you get both. It's the dumbest thing I've ever I heard. Like when they give me like an extra slip cover, I'm like, yes, I don't, I don't have to do with this. Like, I'm not going to be like, now it's Monday, so I'll slip the other. <laughs> <laughs> Scalpers, would be Scalpers like, are ah, loving this. <laughs> yeah, put it to the uh, shredder. Speaking of like um, boutique labels as well, uh, Matt, and uh, I didn't tell you this, but the Severin sale really had me losing sleep. I was really wanted to participate <laughs> in the because I don't own any Severin films. And I didn't know what the quality was, but a lot of their backlog titles look really good. Um, I watched Robo War and uh, on Tubi, and I was like, God, I need to own this movie. And of course, when, <laughs> I, when I waited War. to finally watch it, the sale had ended. Um, but yeah, I really want to start getting into these Severin films because they look really cool. It would throw me off, though, because their cases are black, like the 4K cases. So that would really throw me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like they're... They're uh, boxes because I only I, I see Daniel's um, Severance um, box sets and I'm always like, oh, those look really cool to like be on the shelf. When I think about like the hard cases of like Screaming Factory, it seems kind of cheap. And then the same thing with Arrow. I think Arrow's knocking out of the park with like how they're doing box sets now. Oh, I think yeah. that's Psycho the box set. Yeah, oh, I, have, I got a pre-order. Oh, yeah. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I just think that's the way for these labels is to put things in like a collection, like put them in these really cool hard cases for display purposes. And I don't think Scream Factory gets that memo at all. 
Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it does feel like they just don't know what they're doing anymore. Like they're just kind we of should, we should buy up. I mean, they surely they'll take anyone like to buy them out. We should just put our <laughs> funds together. Let us run this label. Oh, yeah. we could do it. I, I feel like it's, I know there's more than this, but I feel like the last huge play that Screen Factory could make is get a Nightmare on Elm Street box set. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's it. the one. That feels like yeah. the last like huge play you have in your pocket. Otherwise, what do you get? Like you can get a, a new version of like Romero's Dawn of the Dead because I know it has like a 4K, but it's, from like second sight over in the UK, like you can maybe get that. I think or... it's out of print by now anyway. I'm so, sure yeah. it is. Yeah. So there's, but, or I guess newer stuff, like eventually we're at the point where it's like, here comes our new insidious box set, you know, <laughs> like our, our yeah, they can start getting into set. 2000 stuff. Yeah, for sure. They've already they do that with IFC midnight. Isn't that they easy? lost IFC midnight? Oh, yeah, they lost wow. No that. way. They're with oh, vinegar they're a, syndrome. They're a partner label on vinegar syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> they're losing but... everything. They're just bleeding stuff. Pack it up boys. Pack it up. <laughs> I think the other big play they could make, it's definitely not as big as Nightmare on Elm Street, would be to put out the Rob Zombie Halloweens on 4K. Yes, we I think need that would that. be big. Yeah. It'd be big for Chris and I, for sure, at least. <laughs> and I think I think some other people. Did somebody I'm still just... pissed that Monsters didn't get a 4K release. It just was a Blu-ray. <laughs> that movie yeah. doesn't need a 4K. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to see it in that kind of quality. No. I like that movie, but I don't think as I want to see it As soon as there's a special <laughs> edition of that movie, it's pre-ordered on my end. Like, I love that. I mean, it's I like, got a slipcover. Really it's it. got a making of doc. I think it's good. Was I love that movie. Oh, what was I gonna say? Well, didn't somebody just put out the Rob Zombie Halloweens? Like I thought it was like an Australian company. Like oh, I don't know, I missed it. Send the link, Matt. Drop I'll look it up. I'll send you guys the link. I'll look it up because some people posted it on my on Instagram. I saw people get these movies early. They were like, I, it might have been. It's not Umbrella, but something like a sister company in Australia or something. I'll look it up. Um, but uh, it was both of them, both cuts. So it was like the unrated theatrical for both movies. That'd be a nice, nice. instead of I don't know why they divvied them up where it's like oh, yeah. there's only a theatrical cut. And then there's individuals of the unrated. So it doesn't <laughs> yeah, make sense. Yeah. Really badly. Um, uh. <laughs> also, I went to a, a, a boutique label store, like a secondhand store here in Chicago. And you know that really crappy, flimsy Nightmare on Elm Street set that we all have? You know how it's yeah. really thin? Mm -hmm. So they had that, but it was a UK version because it had like the, the 18 circle or whatever. And it was actually a, a significantly bigger box set. It hmm. looked like the... Daniel, you might know what I'm talking about. That that um, Region B um, Universal Monsters box that you had. Oh yeah, it oh, looks just cool. like it looked just like that. Yeah, I've never it, seen that anywhere. I didn't either, but it was right there, and I kind of was thinking, "Ooh, I wouldn't mind swapping that out." But also, I'm like thinking at the, at some point, I'm hoping somebody's going to put out a, a contempt like a huge contemporary box set of it. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, so yeah, I guess maybe that might be the route for a lot of uh, these movies and their franchises and is like looking at like the different region releases of them. Um, I mean, Zavi would be the one site I would recommend going to check out those things, but I don't you know. You know what's funny? This episode is becoming like the, the opposite version of your movie bubble hangout episode where like your other <laughs> guests were all like slipcovers don't matter. Nothing matters. Only movies matter. And we're over here like the packaging isn't good enough for this. <laughs> I need a hard box. Why is it their hard box? <laughs> Dude, we need some we, balance on this. We podcast. do need balance. I appreciate it. All right, it. here's here it is. I've Keith actually Rich been like this one better. I've actually <laughs> been thinking. Um, I've been looking at my Blu-ray collection and the movies that I don't care too much about because I'm running out of space. Is like I'm thinking of like putting the movies I don't really care about. Too now it's much time for I the segment want. of what is Chris getting rid of? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put them in binders. I think I'm going the binder oh, route. Oh no, God, Mike Scott you know, Phil, style. Mike Scott Films is at happy home. Right now. Films at home. I don't know if you know his YouTube channel, which is oh, a yeah, good yeah. channel talking about like the condition of like of 4K releases and stuff. 
he was saying like how in his he has like the movies he likes and rewatches on disc the movies he has to watch a couple times a, a, a couple times or whatever it doesn't care too much about he's putting them in binders and i was thinking mm. that's a good idea you know like a lot of the movies i i like but don't care too much about i'll put it in a binder and save the space and then it's like more room for other movies right Oh, God forbid I ever have to do that. I don't ever want to do that. I, I would have to be like 100%. There is no choice out of space. And I'm I'm definitely not there yet. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I can't. I just don't want to do it. I, I, it makes sense. It's logical. I just I'm like, no, I can't. I can't put them in the uh, yeah. plus I, I guess I'd throw away the packaging because I'm like, that's, you know, I'm like, I got to throw away the I know Mike saves the paper, but he's got to get rid of the case. Otherwise, you're not right. saving any space. Then you're not saving space. Yeah. I'm just getting rid of all my eco-cased <sighs> films, you know, the ones with those really shitty Blu-ray cases. They're going in a binder. <laughs> going in a binder. I don't know. A um, lot of restaurants have eco-cases. and I'm No way. Those. Really? Yeah. But they have really nice slip covers, so it's all they good. Do. I wonder if that's why they're inexpensive. Yeah, it could be, which I'm I'm okay with. I mean, their prices are the best. I, I love that they love what's that they drop right those now. prices. Hmm? No, go go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I was going to say, it used to be like 25, 30 bucks all the time and now they're yeah. like 12 yeah. bucks for the, gate it's amazing yeah. <laughs> that's and you I get three so movies they get like three movies sometimes yeah. when mm -hmm. they were like 25 30 dollars that's when i bought them occasionally like i got i got the gates like everybody and i got warlock and wishmaster but when they came out with new ones and dropped the price i suddenly became like this completionist collector so you know that's really what, enticing what spy number are we on right now probably like 30, 25 right? oh we are only 25 okay they're weird, not like in a bad way, but it's like, you know, how the movies they're putting out and they look really good and I hear nothing but good things about them. But like, they're kind of small. They're like the small person in like the whole like labels world. I kind of like it. Small by <laughs> quantity for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. like slow and steady wins the race type. They're like, we'll, yeah. we'll put one every yeah. three or four months. We'll put a movie out. Right, like, but they're not like Umbrella or whatever that, whatever the newest like big, like limited edition company is right now that's putting out like hard case movies like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like those that are super expensive and limited. Yeah, Vestron's the only label that I can in any way afford to be a completionist collector with. <laughs> All the rest is like, I mean, the price is too high and there's way too many of them. <laughs> yeah it's 12 bucks out of the gate for brand new is like just like astounding <laughs> like Amazing. with a slip cover and like there's stuff like like dentist one and two that's two movies it's still 12 yeah. bucks it's like and they always have like... a lot of special features too yeah i don't know yeah. by the way that's it. another recent watch to say the dentist good movie yeah a lot better than expected is that lance henderson in the in the dentist one no, it's no. Corbin Burnson, who I feel like a lot of yeah. people confuse with. Lance oh, Anderson. I'm one of those basic bros. <laughs> I know him as the dad on Psych. He will always be the dad on Psych to me. Oh, wow. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely his main thing. My mom loved him a show called L.A. Law, like in the early 90s. He was oh, like, okay. uh, and that's how I think I knew him. And then random other uh, things. He always feels like he would play like a good kind of scumbag type guy. <laughs> like, I think he does a lot of faith-based movies these days. Ooh. Oh, he does. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I collect um, all those Blu-rays that have the little dove. <laughs> are those on 4k yet <laughs> i think those, they only still put out dvd those just got to dvd <laughs> so, i think those just got <laughs> as hayden might say Mima's the only one buying those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh what if you just show them off like in a video chris like oh here's my dove uh uh, collection that would like, be the best troll video oh my god it, you know i'll make it like 20 minutes long for someone to comment why did you waste 20 of minutes of my life why did this? you do this yeah 
Oh man! Um, oh my god! Uh, I don't know what we're even. What are we talking about? <laughs> so uh, this oh, this is a good one to call the media core thing is going to actually make sense now with all this physical media we talked about. We call it media core. <laughs> it actually That's our sense. label. We're going to start. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's I both think... the name and it describes the quality. <laughs> We're but not people won't know that because they don't pronounce the video for that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really informative though. I mean, especially with like the whole fiasco with the French connection and like streaming. And then also now with like where the state of movies are right now with streaming services. I mean, physical media, I think is going to have a renaissance again. I really, no, I think it's that. here. You know, it's on here? the collector market, at least. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Well, also I think with the studios being dummies and then realizing, Oh, right. There's money to be made for putting these movies out physically and not just keeping them on streaming. It's like they had to work backwards to get to the solution we already knew was the solution. <laughs> like they're like, oh right, like because I think Disney announced they were going to partner with uh, uh, God, Mill Creek. Mill Creek, and we were all like, wow. what? <laughs> and the, they were like, I guess they had to deal with them. Where they're going to? But I don't. The sad thing about that is, I think it's not going to be like stuff that's not already been on Blu-ray. Like, yeah, because I, I, you know, we all want the Touchstone stuff, right? Like right. every time I see a movie's on Touchstone, I'm like, damn it, it's like never going to come to Blu-ray. Ah, uh, it's yeah, a good but, one. I don't know. It's something. I think. I think even the it, Bob Iger was like, "Well, we got to put these movies on physical releases to make money." It's like, "Well, no shit, Bob." Like that's like, I know. Guy's the worst. Like, he deserves to make twenty five million dollars a year. Uh, a like, financial <laughs> genius. He spent like two hundred fifty million dollars on Secret Invasion, which, scientifically speaking, no one in the world has seen. <laughs> People post clips of it on Twitter, and I'm like, "This isn't real." No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I feel this crazy to me that shows out and I have no interest in it. Like, I'm no. like, oh, my God, I think they've broken me. I thought I was still like they broke growing strong for the Marvel stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, they've. You know, what's weird. Yeah. And I'm kind of contradicting myself on the Guardians three episode, but I didn't realize it when we recorded that. So <laughs> after Endgame came out, a lot mm. of people were like, OK, that was good closure. I feel done with Marvel now. I didn't feel like that. I still wanted more after Guardians three it kind of feels like the closure for me. Like I love yeah. Guardians 3 so much. It felt like this perfect ending and I do kind of feel done. I didn't realize it at the time, but now I kind of do. It's weird. Hmm. Still I haven't seen it. Can't blame you. I feel like it's the only thing, not the only thing, but I think the big thing they have left to play is their X-Men Fantastic Four card. Yeah, but and they're not doing it. What the hell? I mean, they're technically I, <laughs> doing Fantastic Four, but they're moving like snails on they it. They are taking their sweet sweet time i mean now it's gonna be delayed because of writer strikes and things like that or i don't yeah. know what i don't know what stage they're at with that like the freaking blade movie's been sitting around for like two years well, getting ready to roll what about the uh, deadpool movie that i guess hugh jackman's back for which that I don't deadpool know I movie that. looks like the most annoying movie ever made like all <laughs> it looks like every deadpool movie <laughs> every me. time they're announcing a cameo i'm like this is pathetic it really seems like marvel's strategy is just exploit 2000s nostalgia so like yeah. They should reboot the X-Men. We've been asking for a reboot of the X-Men forever. And they're just like, oh, no, we're just going to bring back Patrick Stewart. We're just going to bring back Hugh Jackman. We're just going to rehash. And like, what? Why? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't I kinda, know Yeah, what they're dragging their feet for. But yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid also for that with DC because I like love DC and like the new Superman movie. Superman Legacy has its cast already announced. But I'm thinking after what happened to Flash and I think is going to happen to Blue Beetle as well. And I think we'll Aquaman's see... going to crash too. I'm going to wait yeah. to see if that movie even gets released. Um, <laughs> but I think if Superman Legacy doesn't become like the greatest comic book movie ever or makes like a box office record, then like the DCU or whatever it's called now is going to like be dead on arrival. Yeah, it does seem like it's starting at the tail end of the whole trend. It really does feel like the superhero yeah. trend is fading off. Um, so it feels like uh, this new DC reboot is too little too late. 
but I am still very excited for Superman Legacy because I love what I see from the cast. I love James Gunn. I don't know that it's going to do very well. I don't know if that universe is going to take off, but I'm still excited to see that movie. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, the new bat. I mean, we're gonna get Batman too, right? Was that getting pushed back now with the Batman? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and then well, like another yeah, Raven is. the Bull. I don't know, like just things that sound promising that just I don't think we're ever gonna get. Um, shoot, there was one thing I was gonna say about the physical media. I can't remember. Um, being back. Oh, uh, Matt, have you noticed? I know you said a couple of your stores have started like shut down and stuff like that, but have you noticed that? Like a lot of these stores, these resale stores, Danny and I talked about it. They're kind of getting smart with like movies that do have a lot more value and are a little bit more rare to like, you know, not yeah. giving you a deal to buy these movies and that anymore. Because they used to be clueless. Yeah. yeah. Like vintage, vintage stock and stuff. You could go this... in and get an out of print movie for like $5.99. I used to do that all the time. That was like a way I paid rent sometimes. It was like, ah, oh, $5.99 <laughs> Caligula selling it for $45. Um, oh, but, the scalper. Yeah. I love but, uh, it. I lo listen, yeah, you got to be thrifty. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a hard world exactly. out there. <laughs> but now they're smart. You know, I went to. Um, this one store that's right near my apartment and it was like an old video store turned into U-Haul Rent-A-Center TV store. It's like, a, it's a shit <laughs> show there, but he had a bunch of Blu-rays and I found the, the, the Anchor Bay Dawn of the Dead, which I already have a copy of, but he was like, oh yeah, whatever you find here, it's like three to five bucks. You know, I picked that oh. up and then I, they had a Dario Argento Dracula movie that I hadn't seen. I was just like, oh, this looks crazy. And it's in 3D. So I picked those two up and he, I was like, all right, what is this? Like, you know, he's like three to five bucks. I was like, was it 10 bucks? And he goes, well, that's why I said where it starts at. And this fucking guy, <laughs> this bastard pulls up eBay in my fucking oh, face that's, and oh types in the value. He sees the first value, 45. Yeah, I don't, I can't do five bucks on this. Oh, I can't. I, and then he pulls up the other one. I can't even find it. It has to be rare. I, I, I don't know. I have to do more research. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That sucks. Either you way, know, Chris, you were me. never going to watch that Dario Gentle Dracula movie anyway. I mean, <laughs> I be just, honest. Yeah, I have it on the oh. shelf one of these days. Maybe I'll pop it when you guys come. Oh, Sit down, guys. I guess what I'm playing. Um, either way, long story <laughs> short, he looked at it some more and I just said, you know what? You know, you can keep them. It's all good. And I was walking out and he goes like, wait, wait. Okay, fuck it. And he he gave them to me for 10 bucks. Cause I was oh, there out. you go. So he there did, but I, the audacity to walk away. Yeah, yeah, that's a good job negotiating. That's a good tactic. Audacity. And you're like, I guess oh, I'm Daniel walk. knows I have a good negotiator. <laughs> I can haggle, but I just, I've never had anyone legitimately pull that up in front of me. And that's I was like, is that what like yeah. these shit stores do now? Is like, oh, it's rare putting it up. You know, it's like, you're not getting a deal anymore. That's why yeah. I always argue. If you want something now, you have to buy it on retail. And that goes for so many things like boutique label wise and like physical media. You just have to get it. It's You know, that guy's strategy was dumb, though, because like finding if you find something in the wild like that kind of that's that's a, a crazy chance. And like you should get a deal on that. The reason it's expensive on eBay is because it's so convenient to get something rare. You right. can get anything rare you want on eBay. You just have to pay a price. Mm. But if you find it in the wild. It's not the same thing. It's not the same convenience. Like it's a crazy happenstance. Yeah. I just get annoyed because like I'll go to these stores and they'll have like a Criterion or an Arrow video that I want. And it's like, oh, the Criterion Barnes and Noble sale is, is going on. The Arrow 50% <laughs> off sale. These yeah. things are $20 new. And Vinegar Syndrome used. subscriber week too. Lots yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, $35 used. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to be like, you know, this yeah. is new right now online. Do you want to like lower your price and I'll pay, pay, pay it from you instead? But a lot of times I'm just like, eh, they don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I could listen. You got me started on this topic. I go on this for a while. Like I, 
I, save it for I, October. I, yeah. <laughs> I just rant for the whole festival, the whole marathon. I'm like, and another thing. No, they, <laughs> I, when they when they pull up the price in front of you, that's like so insulting. I had this happen. I don't people I've thought this before. I'm very like thrifty. I like to go to thrift stores. I used to go to yard sales a lot nice. and try to find stuff. Respect. People would pull up their cell phones in front of me when I go like hand them. They put it out and for like, oh, it's a buck. And they go, hang on. And they start like checking eBay. I'm like, you put it out for a dollar. <laughs> like, you should have done this work yesterday or whenever. <laughs> and like they've I, the whole the internet has killed like finding deals at like thrift stores or yard sales, especially thrift stores. Mine have gotten so bad about like, overpriced stuff. I feel like they see mm. any like PS2 game and they're like, it's 50 bucks. Like it's not, it's not like it's don't not, get me you know, started on like, bit, they, they do this mouse. little bit of research, which causes them to like go insane and make everything too much. Um, we actually have a local store. Well, it's a chain, but I don't know. It's called Second and Charles. Have you guys heard of this? No. There's 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 half price books. We don't have half half price books around me. Well, that's we have what second. We have here. It's I'll basically... take you to one when you get here. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> it's basically I think it's half price books because like they sell CDs and vinyl and movies and games and all kinds of stuff. And it's a lot of it's like resold to them. And I found uh James Cameron's The Abyss on DVD, like, special edition DVD, which when I looked on eBay. It was like it was all over the place, but it looked like it was at least 20, 30 bucks. I got it for like five dollars. So I was like, oh, great. Um, and so stuff like that can still happen. I feel like the stores like that do a worse job of like looking at prices than the thrift stores and people at yard sales. Like, right. So I can still find deals. Yeah, I think they have too much stock to go through and like price everything out because mm-hmm. all the movies are like three, four, five bucks or so at the second and Charles. So I just was like, grabbing stuff and i was like oh okay that's that's worth it but um it's tough to find stuff like i feel like it, the deals are hard to find because people know too much <laughs> like i have a buddy who used to collect um like old retro video games with his dad like in the early or like 2000s and like they said after a while it became just impossible because everybody was an expert everyone knew what they had it was like everyone's overpricing stuff like it's just hard to find a deal in the wild anymore. So, because I used to love to do that. I'm like, oh, we'll find a deal. And now it's like, it's not even worth getting up early for like a yard sale. Cause like, you know, everyone just overprices everything. <laughs> so, mm. um, you can still find movies for kind of cheap. Cause I feel like people don't put the value on movies like they do with like, like old retro video games and some other yeah. things. But yeah. Like, there's less understanding that that's a big collector market now. Everybody kind of knows that with vinyl and, and like vin- Nintendo yeah. games and stuff like uh, that. You used to get vinyl for like, a quarter of a, you know a record and then like that went away too <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. oh so yeah those, it's tough to be yeah. a collector besides, yeah. movies are fun because they're they're cheap to collect there's not a whole lot of like or compared to other things not a whole lot of hard out of print uh movies compared to like video games and things like that like yeah and things come back into print pretty quickly because things thing cycle too. around labels and stuff yeah so yeah i missed the days where things could get released to... on 4k if the blu-ray went out of print <laughs> exactly and stuff exactly. like that <laughs> I miss the days you could go to Goodwill or like vintage stock and be like, oh, look, um, you know, William Castle's in- indicator box that's long out of print. Five bucks. I miss those days, right? <laughs> if you found that at a Goodwill, that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Everyone oh, listening is like, oh, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> I would never even see Blu-rays at Goodwills. It's only DVD. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. I'm like, where are people's Blu-rays at? Like, we should be farther enough along in the timeline of movies. Like, are people not getting rid of Blu-rays? Because they have so many DVDs at these stores. I'm like, where are the Blu-rays? <laughs> like, Well, you, you have to 
thank Nathan Jones probably for that. I think he's cleaned up every goodwill in this country. He has every Blu-ray. <laughs> I was going to blame, uh, blame uh, Flick Pick. I feel like it might have been his fault. Okay. Oh, fuck. It's is all that those guy damn a... Flick trips. Bro, that guy on Twitter is oh. gross. He's like, I think he's a vodka Red Bull in a charge away from being like a Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Like, what? I, I, like what? just these takes are so gross. I don't know. And I don't follow him. Oh. I, I, I must because they pop up sometimes and I'm just like, what is this guy on? Like, he's just, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to cancel him still. It's a so know, losing a battle. Ever since he wouldn't battle. come on your podcast. I emailed that fucker and he still never. <laughs> he's too busy moving every nine months to a new state. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I want to go into his live streams and do a super chat so he has to acknowledge it and just ask like people say you're a serial killer and are killing all your girlfriends what do you say to that <laughs> it's just not worth the money to me but it's almost worth the money to um, me that yeah we should just pull our money and just pay for one person <laughs> asking questions my first super chat ever um i was gonna say that the place that just stopped selling movies they did have a little glass case up by the counter that had random few movies in it and i think for the most part they were things that were a little more pricey like they had the uh, Scream Factory Halloween box set that sat there forever. Wow. Like they, I can't remember what they put the price on it. I feel like they had it for like a good amount of money. <laughs> like uh, they had the Friday Thirteenth like tin box set that used to be really expensive. I used they to have randomly that. had a 4K copy of oh god that Soderbergh movie um, where the girl goes to the mental institution. What is it called? Oh, Unsane. Unsane. Apparently, they released an iPhone movie on 4K. <laughs> They did. And apparently it's really hard to find because they were trying to charge 50 bucks for the 4k of unsane. I was like, yeah, you're not going to sell that to anybody. <laughs> like, I guarantee you um, stuff like that. Just random stuff. But yeah, everything else they kind of just threw into like the line of like, oh, well, uh, wow. Wow. I just looked up on eBay. The unsane 4k is going for a lot of money. $80, $100, $60. Are they being sold, though, is the question. <laughs> Yeah, okay. PSA, everybody. If a movie <laughs> was shot on an iPhone, you do not need it on 4K no, at all. No. You are fine. Wow. It really Where do you draw the me. line with 4K movie pickups? Or is that just another episode all in itself? <laughs> it might That's be another I message, discussion. I, I, I've dropped a DM to Matt saying, like, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm like, Daniel, I'm like on this line now where I'm thinking I'm going to start just converting a couple of my Blu-rays now to just 4K movies. And I think it really came from, like, the Prime Day sale where I saw these oh, 4Ks yeah. that were insanely cheap compared to even the Blu-rays. Like yeah. Casablanca on 4K was 10 or 11 bucks. That's I still the best it on 4K Blu-ray. I've seen. I know, I was so tempted. The Back to the Future box set on 4K was like 25 bucks. Um, it's wow. just like, yeah, and I'm just like, man, I really think I need to start converting if it's like, it's basically being thrown at me to buy. You know? <laughs> yeah, the 4K deals on Prime Day were kind of insane. Like, uh, I did Coming, buy... Yeah. I should have bought I should have bought Casablanca and I didn't pull Same. the trigger because I own yeah. the Blu-ray. Yeah. But now that you hear it's one of the best 4Ks you've ever seen, I'm like, damn, it, I should have bought it. I bought this is so random. I bought Plane with Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought uh, Maltese Falcon because I don't own that at all. The nice. more expensive Humphrey Bogart 4K. I thought they were the same price. I mean, no, that was, was like, like 15. Bucks. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe I messed up. Uh, and Dang, Matt, you fucked up, bro. You did not mess up getting that for $14. <laughs> my God. Uh, and Poltergeist on 4K. I, remember, I thought I heard the Poltergeist 4K was really a good 4K. I heard that too. I'm kind of tempted by that. I, I have kind of a cool little digi book. And the cover art is definitely cooler. But um, yeah, I'm the tempted original? by that one. 
I yeah yes the original <laughs> original Poltergeist. Sorry, Screen Factory is putting the remake out on 4K. <laughs> I have still very very rarely upgraded anything to 4K. Most all my 4Ks are movies I didn't have on Blu-ray anyway because it's kind of like a good excuse to finally get a movie that I never bought. Yeah. Um, that's mainly where I'm at. So I've upgraded very little. I'm kind of mm-hmm. considering getting Screen Factory's new 4K of Night of the Comet because I love Night of the Comet so much. Yeah. And it comes with. Like, you know, like most screen factories, it comes with a poster, but it's a poster of the original poster. Ooh. art, And I'm like, oh, I kind of want that on my you wall. Get that. <laughs> so I might get that because I watch that movie a lot. That's kind of a consideration. Like, do you watch the movie a lot? Daniel yeah. programmed that movie for his birthday marathon one year. Definitely, definitely a good, good movie to put on. My family hated it. And yeah, I remember. Like, I felt it. like it was like you, me and Seth were like, ah, Jake, was, no. Jake is my brother. He was like making fun of it. And I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? This movie is fantastic. Yeah. That was that was it because you put on Jaws. You put that on. I think you also did. Um. Action uh, Jackson, last, action Jack, oh, wow. last and Starfighter. Oh, last no. Starfighter was the next year. The next good year. lineup. Okay. That's a good yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I wish bad. I could convince my friends and family to watch a movie marathon for my birthday. I thought they'd be like, "We're not doing." That. Oh, I do it every year. This year, <laughs> yeah. the theme is 1993 because I was born then, but I'm keeping the lineup secret this time. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right, huh? We don't know what the fuck we're walking into. Wait, have you that's not done right. it yet? No, no, because uh, it just didn't work out. Chris has got to come in from Chicago. Oh, okay. Seth has got to come in from Kansas City. It just, you know, we had to push it back because of the schedules. Listen, I'm not going to pressure you anything, but a movie called Last Action Hero came out in 1983. It's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Is there like a 4K of that anywhere? We can there pick is that a up? 4K and it looks amazing. <laughs> I think I still yeah, have my VHS a, and my parents' It's a steel house. book and it like there's a coupon on it of like $4 off and I've been considering grabbing it. Wait, how much is it? Oh, so it's like $23. It's a 4K steel book. And I saw Amazon had a coupon of like four bucks off. I would pick that up. Yeah. I have the Blu-ray it's, it's though. The damn like... Okay, so there's <laughs> the Vestron sale with Diabolic DVD. There was Vinegar Syndrome Subscriber Week. There's the Criterion sale. Like, I'm broke this month, man. Like, they've been oh. killing me. And then Prime Day, if you if you did that too. They had Van Helsing on 4K, and I was so tempted to get that movie on 4K. Oh, interesting. Because I hear the Blu-ray is shit, but the DVD was really good. See, Chris, can you see this? Look at that beautiful steelbook. Yeah, I've seen it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you should pick that really one up. Cool. It's better than the standard 4K slip, which is just Arnold with the gun. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I just have book. the Mill Creek Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, I have that one too. I, I used to watch it. that movie a lot as a kid. Actually, and... <laughs> this well, is gonna... weird that this brought this up because I wanted to ask Matt a question about it. Okay. Oh, okay. So I just rewatched Last Action Hero on the Mill Creek Blu-ray and mostly it looks really good. But mm. there's a few scenes, particularly in Danny's apartment, that mm. look weirdly orange and it looks weird. Does it look? Does that look better on the 4K? Are you talking about which part in the apartment? Like the part when he gets like when the guy busts into his apartment? Yeah, when Charles Dance busts Mm -hmm. in. But I think other scenes too, but mainly the Charles Dance busts in the apartment scene. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I think someone else. I, it. hmm. (laughs) Now they're asking me. I'm like, I don't. My instinct is say no. It does not look orange. But it's probably been a long time since you've watched the basic Blu-ray. I'm guessing that's yeah. Because I just watched it on 4K. I, I think I was gonna say I've seen. I'm not an expert. I'm not. You know. I don't. But like, I to me that was a really nice looking 4K. Okay. Like I thought that was like I like I remember watching uh Hard Target with Van Damme and I was like, this is like the best 4K I've ever seen. And like I put Latash and Hero up there too. That's a really good looking 4K. Um some I feel like it doesn't make a difference. Then some I watch on 4K and I'm like, whoa, this is like a big upgrade even from Blu-ray. Um so I can't tell you exactly what it looks orange. It may, but uh mm, plus I've seen I the movie to... so many times, it probably just how it looks to me. I have to sure. watch that Mill Creek Blu-ray and be which I may still have somewhere. I don't remember. I might I have like to pop it in. Every format at some point. <laughs> but... You need the VHS. 
I did have a VHS. I I briefly almost got into VHS collecting and I said, oh, no, no, I can't go down this road. I cannot go down this road because I got I'm like, I'm not going to watch them, really. It was like kind of novel at first. I was like, I found like my old VCR and I was like, I went to a where did I go? Like a yard sale or somebody or maybe I first read a bunch of good VHS tapes and they were very cheap. And I was like, oh, I should get into this. And I bought like maybe like 10 and I was like, oh, this could be a thing. And then I was like, oh, no, no, I want to do this. (laughs) Cause like it was kind of fun to pop them in and like there was a couple that i owned as a kid and like i remembered like the commercials and the previews before the movie i was like oh my god what a nostalgia blast this is like this is the exact tape i owned with all the same ads and previews and then i was like oh right this doesn't look good <laughs> like i don't want to watch a movie like this because this is not a great quality of a worn tape so yeah, I didn't go down that road, but I do still have the tape for sentimental reasons of Last Action Hero. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I just recently bought a couple of Universal Monsters tapes. They're the exact kind I had when I was a kid because I'm like, I got to display these because I've got a section in my basement. It's like my Universal oh, yeah. Monsters section. So yeah, I got, I definitely grabbed those. I few things need for sentimental value. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chris does actually watch VHS. Oh, is that? I he probably like doesn't a... finish a lot of movies on VHS. <laughs> I feel like but... I see a CRT ah. like TV type behind you. Is that what you watch VHS? <laughs> I watch I like... VHSs and I play my GameCube and PS2 on it. Oh yeah, yeah. They look so. That's that's the way to do it for you yeah. know, older TV because it doesn't. Once look I turned 27, bad. I was feeling down because I'm getting older, and then I was like, uh, I kind of miss things from my childhood, and I watch a lot of VHS because we were really late to convert to DVD in my house. And also did game systems. So we, you know, it's like PS2, GameCube, and VHS is all the time. And uh, I got back into it this uh, after my birthday. And I'm really happy with it. It really does, like, make me feel pretty good. So, and it's kind of sucky that gaming at P- for the PS2 now is getting expensive. Because mm-hmm. some of the games I've really wanted have, are actually expensive. But um, sometimes I've been able to find deals. But actually watching the VHS is so convenient. Like, when I want to watch Star Wars, yeah, I can have them on 4K. But like I have them on VHS and they're really good VHSs. So I just pop them in and I just watch it. And it's like their original versions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got to do a video on your VHS collection. That would be cool. Yeah, I I might at some point. Um, Also, I have Citizen Kane on there because it's like I'm not going to buy the Criterion on it. So it's like I'm just going to watch the VHS. (laughs) It is like the ugliest Blu-ray cover of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) If you can afford it and you don't mind, I I wouldn't do it if you're not going to watch them. Uh, if, 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 like, if I knew I wasn't going to watch them, I wouldn't have gotten into it. But I know I'm a little bit more picky with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about gaming because I know Daniel doesn't care. Most people that listen don't care. But if you said Grow GameCube, up. that is GameCube is like the worst thing to collect for now. I have a friend who collects stuff I still. Know. And he's like, every GameCube game's like 80 to to $100. Oh, I have some. Yeah. I got cheap GameCube things like just a few years ago because because yeah. my wife brought her old GameCube in from her parents' house. And I don't have very many game systems. So I got a few. They were cheap even a few years ago. That's oh, interesting. It, it I got like the Star Wars Legos and stuff. Recently, I think. Yeah. If you have like any first party Nintendo game, like any Mario from GameCube, it's going to be, I think, minimum like a $60, $70 game now. Yeah. I think like we have Mario of... Party on GameCube. Oh my yeah, God. You so yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. If you guys aren't interested, if you, I mean, I'm just telling you, you got, you're selling some money, I think. So if yeah. you have the case and everything too, like not just the disc, mm-hmm. I'll have to then... check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, thing is with retro games is I really like I've been buying and playing um a lot of the movie party games like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, like Lego Star Wars and stuff like that. Like those movie tie-in oh games my God, because I forgot about those like, are, I thought you so meant like fun. the 
I thought you meant like that movie DVD game. I can't remember if you've seen it. I thought you were talking about Oh, I actually, as a I grade schooler, that I like kicked youth group ass things. at seeing it because of the <laughs> trivia. I'm really good at trivia, but mm-hmm. I really like playing like those movie games because they don't make video games based on movies anymore. But growing up, if I wanted to they play don't? Spider-Man, watch Spider-Man and not just like watch it, I would just play Spider-Man 1 or 2 on like my PS2 and it was so fun. Um, but they don't actually do them based on the movies anymore. But, yeah, yeah. It feels like they don't do those like they used to. I think they got a bad reputation of always being bad. So I feel like they... I uh, like bad movies and bad video games. Fun fact. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? I feel like uh, I think I'm mm. good. I'm, yeah, I, I think we're two hours deep. Um, I'm actually going on the terror table tomorrow night. So I'm kind of saving horror stuff. No, that. no, you're fine. That's uh, I thought this would be a shorter one. It's still go two hours, but I Sorry. didn't expect Chris. No, it's I didn't expect Chris to show up. But what a what a pleasant surprise that was. Matt, uh, you got to do me a favor. Uh-huh. Please, please do not advertise Chris is on this. And oh, I'm not way. going to. I'm not going okay, to. Okay, I may. It'll be a great surprise. I, I don't think I'll even say it's like surprise guest. I think I'm just going to put your name on it. Yeah. Uh, I won't. Sorry, Chris. I won't tag you on on Twitter either. I want to keep it a surprise. So, uh, wait, is anyone on Twitter anymore though? <laughs> That's a good question. We all went to Blue Sky. <laughs> no, I, I have a friends. question. Is anyone yeah. actually posting on Blue Sky? Oh, I'm are, not. I'm not. Are it's people like really my... going back and forth posting on both? Like, come on. Really? It's, it's like a bunker I've made in case of like Twitter exploding. I feel <laughs> like... like is Blue Sky just liberal parlor? That's my theory. <laughs> I haven't got on there. I kind of decided oh. I don't think I want to. There's not much. I mean, I like I really have it like just in case like Twitter completely goes under um, right. because it is basically exactly the same as Twitter. Like it, it will mm-hmm. not be hard to move to because it looks the same. Um, it, it it's a setup. It's very similar. Like it doesn't have a DMs, though, which is weird. It has no messages, which is very strange. Like oh, that's weird. I don't think to invite people on podcasts. I know. I know it's, <laughs> it might still be in like a beta stage, but it's a. Uh, it's I, I I mean I like it I just have a, I don't reason to post there and post on Twitter because it's like it just feels silly to me to go there and post stuff for like thirty people and like you know and and then do the same thing on Twitter but I have it just in case I would I would use it if I had no other option but um, I'm not actively doing anything on there and I haven't got Threads yet because I heard a lot of people complaining about Threads like the Instagram yeah uh, I haven't even looked at it yeah. So maybe maybe one day, but we're still hanging in there on Twitter, Chris. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I will still not... post there. Engagement still seems fine. It, I've not really seen much of a difference. That one day was horrible when he did the tweet limit thing. Oh, my God. And I thought yeah. Twitter was done. And then oh, within too. like 24 hours, it was gone and everything's normal again. So I'm like, right. oh, right, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of doom and gloom on Twitter when something like that happens. And we're all like, it's over. We got to go somewhere else. And like the next day it's fixed. And it's like it never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but i just like these billionaires don't really affect our lives that much (laughs) yes this is true (laughs) i uh i really thought we were done that day though i really thought that was the end it was like this seems like this is the end of this website but um but yeah i will not promote it it's gonna be a big surprise i want to go back almost edit out me being like did you really see us both on zoom i feel like it's not like an idiot i was like (laughs) Daniel, you saw that so well. I was like looking at your face. I didn't you think looked, you would believe me. I you look so genuinely surprised. Like, because I even said, like, I see Chris on. You're like, what? Like, I don't see it. You played it so well. Like, oh, uh, kudos to I was you. just you're... like, I just sent Chris a Snapchat video the other day, and I was like, I'm doing a hangout episode on Film Feast soon. Wouldn't it be like funny if I just also sent you the link and we just plotted this? <laughs> 
Oh, no, it was a fun <laughs> surprise. I just only you, for you, Matt. You're getting the Oscar next year when they have no movies to know. <laughs> <laughs> Best actor goes Daniel Elfabro on the Zoom call for media. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, it's it was good. You guys, you got me. I appreciate it though. I was I don't mind someone crashing the Zoom. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we wrap it up. It's a fun fun time. Um, Chris, do you want to plug anything? Uh, well, in a month I'll be unemployed, so I'll have more free time to post things. Uh, but we're still we're focusing on like the YouTube, just getting built back up. Uh, so we did a couple uh haul videos. Um, I'm going to do a figure review today. I'm recording one today. That'll be posted soon on two figures. I'm excited to show off. So look out for those. Um, at some point the, the podcast will come back. Um, but yeah, you can follow on her, uh, her tastic reviews on YouTube and then the podcast inside the sequel as well on Spotify and I- iTunes. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Everyone should be following you. you I, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to see you. This is fun. I'm excited to meet you in person in October. We rub that in for, and Keith's going to be there too. We should have Keith here too. <laughs> um, but yeah, should be a good time. Uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. you want to plug anything? Yeah, just check me out on YouTube. That's where I'm mainly doing stuff these days, the Cobwebs channel. Uh, and then over on the Cobwebs podcast, the main focus is the Master Carpenter series, series on John Carpenter. Uh, just released an episode on Assault on Pre-60 13 paired with Rio Bravo. Um, the next episode is, of course, on Halloween. Oh, and uh, so this is coming out Monday. So yesterday... Um, a cult movies podcast episode that came out with me and Lexi talking about Tarzan and his mate. And if you uh-huh. think an episode on a thirties Tarzan movie is going to be boring, I promise you is not. We had like so much fun. It's like off the rails. So I highly recommend <laughs> go look up cult movies, check out the Tarzan and his mate episode. You don't even have to see the movie. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm excited. No, I mean, I just heard you guys do your uh, Carpenter episode with the same group, which I'm glad the same trio got back together to do this episode. And it was very fun to listen to. It was a very good episode. So I can only imagine when it's like a (laughs) a movie like this Tarzan movie, which just sounds kind of silly. But I I saw you guys were talking about stuff in the Discord. I was like, this sounds like it was a wild episode. (laughs) Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But uh, also, someone told me I was mentioned, and I'm not sure in what way, if it was good or bad. So, so then I have to listen to hear what was said, uh, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, all right, I'm excited about that. And I love the Carpenter series you're doing, so I'm glad that's that's Thanks, going man. on. I'm excited to get you on there before long. I, know, I looked, I think I'm not on until Christine, right? November. Yeah, that's the November episode. Okay, okay. Um, sorry if I gave that away. But <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> um, I was like looking ahead. I was like, that's still kind of far away. I was like... Uh, I wish I was on there sooner, but it's okay. I'm excited to get on there. But uh, you'll be on the November and the December episode. Oh, that's right. I did do back. To, that I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, I'm back to back on the episode. So, um, yes, I wish you're watching a YouTube channel because I'm really I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's it's always I'm excited when one pops up. Like oh, a new video. Like I saw one today right before I started recording this. I was like, I don't have time to watch it till late there. <laughs> so uh, I was like, damn it. Um, but uh, yes, good stuff. Uh, Thanks, man. For, for our stuff, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter while that still exists at Film Feast Pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Maple87. You can follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure next week I'll be back with an episode with Mike Scott. I won't say what it is yet, but it uh, should be a fun one. And that's it. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>